Hello, beautiful people. It is episode one of the unprecedented season three of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, September 13th. Let's start now. Football is here. We have a full NFL week one slate in the books. It ended last night in Seattle where Russell Wilson returned to the town in which he became a legend, returned to the town in which he became a Super Bowl champion, returned to the town that he got his ass booed in Mm -hmm. last night on Monday Night Football. Geno Smith stole the show. Pete Carroll was bouncing around. Rumors were in abundance. RG3 beat a hawk. It was a magical evening and a magical way to start the Joe Buck and Troy Aikman era of Monday Night Football. There was a Manning cast as well in which we all watched along when Peyton was looking at Nathaniel Hackett, first-year head coach, making poor clock management decisions in a lot of people's eyes. I'm excited to hear what Nathaniel Hackett thinks. Nonetheless, Brandon McManus, who has a massive leg, misses by about that much. Mm-hmm. Ooh. good for a long time. 62 yards, that ball was in the upright. Oh, yeah. 63 yards, that ball was kissing off the upright probably. And 64 yards, that thing sideways, landing right in front of Seattle Seahawks general manager John Schneider. If you watch the clip back, and we do have it, uh, it will get it from the back version. But if you watch this bomb from McManus, I think he thinks it's in when it's leaving his foot. Yeah. The ball starts turning a little bit sideways. Now, that could be wind, could be because he caught it a little bit fat. But nonetheless, McManus, who has a massive leg at mile high and at sea level, misses inches. Uh-huh. Schneider right there, arms crossed right underneath him. <laughs> yeah, yep. uh-huh. uh, he was on the sideline <laughs> as they were figuring out all the fuckery of the timeout, no timeout, clock run, clock doesn't run. They're about to line up for that 64-yard field goal. The Seattle Seahawks fans were loud. Oh, yeah. Pacific Northwest fandom is always loud. They proved it once again uh-huh. last night. I think he ran over and was like, I'm fucking going to get a look at this thing for myself. Smart. Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith get a big-time dub. Congrats to them, and congrats on the NFL for going off with an electrifying weekend. Oh, yeah. Great weekend, NFL. Goal line stands last night with Wild. fumbles going the other way. Another inside the five drive that only resorted in three points for the Denver Broncos. They're going to have to figure a lot of stuff out. Jerry Judy is very fast. Yep. I think I forgot that. I think we all did. There was playmakers all over the field, but it was Geno Smith's evening. I can't wait to chit-chat with all of our guests today. Obviously, Rex Ryan will join us in about 10 Hell minutes. Yeah. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on how Geno played last night because he and Gino, different era of both of their careers. Mm-hmm. Gino has his big, hey, I'm back. I've been behind two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Eli and Russell Wilson. This is the new version of me with a team completely empowering Gino. Oh, yeah. He's playing excited what Rex Ryan says about that. And he's also here for Dr. Schultz. Okay. Really? Yeah, foot foot stuff. Oh, they are Love the that. best, dude. This is awesome. Genius. That's like walking so, on Clyde. It's a couple waiting. years too late. Yeah, yeah. right. But it's Right on time. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Cannot wait to chat with Rex Ryan about the NFL season. Also, what he's got cooking with Dr. Scholes uh, for their um, athlete's foot treatment, basically. Okay. Oh, making it easy and making the uh, stigma of the conversation kind of disappear a little bit. If your feet are uncomfortable, Dr. Scholes has a way to fix it. And Rex Ryan's here to tell you about it. Also today, Jordan Poyer of the Buffalo Bills, the number one team uh, in all the sports books to go in and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They obviously went to the Los Angeles Rams last Thursday and and pounded him. Yeah. Yep. Jordan Poyer had a pick. He's a friend of the show. The conversation should be fantastic. Then at 205 Eastern, Aaron Rodgers will be here for the first conversation of season three of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, the unprecedented 
Groundbreaking trailblazing Aaron Rodgers Tuesday that we are very lucky to be a part of. Can't wait to hear what he's got to say. He's had a couple days to sit down now, not only with his new haircut that looks super cool, but on that Packers disappointing performance from this past weekend against the Vikings, who might be the greatest team in the NFL. We do not know at this point. It's only week one. Excited to hear what he has to say. Today should be a great day. The talk tables here at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. Ty, did you expect Russell Wilson to get that response last night in Seattle? Uh, to be honest, no, not really. I figured it'd be kind of the same thing as all these other guys who have switched teams, you know, from one year to the next. A very touching tribute, you know, before the game. And then as the game started, everything kind of shifts. But they showed it. I mean, when he came out onto the field initially in warm-up, they booed his ass. They booed his yeah. ass from the get-go all night. It really did see I mean, you can take however you want to when people you know, talk about revenge games and shit like that. Last night did kind of seem like it meant more to the Seahawks. It really did. Like, they really wanted to shove it up Russ's ass for leaving. Well, and it feels like, and to your point on that, Pete Carroll in the night before game meeting, you know, it's the last time you're chit-chatting before everybody's going to be at the stadium getting into their game routines and everything like that. It's almost like Pete said, this doesn't leave this room. You know, he's chewing his gum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got his uh, Air Maxes on. Mm-hmm. He's wearing his cap. This doesn't leave this room. But if you've been here with Russ, you fucking know what tomorrow means. Yeah. Okay? And if you haven't been here, ask an older guy what it's about. He thinks he's better than you. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's better than me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fucking John Schneider. He thinks he's better than John Schneider. Oh, yeah. right. This doesn't leave the room. But tomorrow, the guy you're playing, remember, they traded you away. Defense right. alignment and makes yeah. a big time stop mm-hmm. on a goal line stand. Mm-hmm. They traded you away. No offense. They wanted you fucking out of here. This guy is better than I, There's a chance that happened. With all the rumors, anonymous sources, remember, it got ugly there between Team 3 and Team Nah. I'm, I like Team Seattle Seahawks. Right. Uh-huh. Anonymous source, anonymous source. That gets buried. Russ goes back. We're all friends. Russ ends up leaving again. More anonymous sources, more anonymous sources. Everything was in the chamber for Pete Carroll, I think, if any of those are true. We don't know if those are true. We're just going off what it looked like last night as they were playing as mm-hmm. well. Pete Carroll and Russ shook hands after the game. Hey, congrats. Have a good one. See you later. Only those two really know what it's like, what it was like behind closed doors when Russ was potentially pissed off about the new offense or the offensive line or how things were going, wanting his own office, mm-hmm. doing whatever the hell, yep. being whatever guy he wants to be, and maybe Pete Carroll knows that, but yeah, it looked like an emotional win for the Seahawks, yeah. and the fans were there, the 12s were there from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. When he jogged out on Monday Night Football kickoff or countdown, Mm-hmm. Hey. They let him have it. That was like an eighth full. It's like 4.15 p.m. Seattle, local time. Mm -hmm. The people that got in there early let them know about it. Then whenever he came out for the game with the warm-up, which we have the clip, Joe Buck and the boys kind of just let it run. And so you could listen to it. Mixed review. You could hear the booze, but there was also cheers when it was at max capacity. And warm-ups... 4.15 local, a little different story, a little yeah. bit more boo. Once we got closer to kickoff, 5.15 local, uh-huh. yeah. that's going to be tough, by the way. It's wild. If you're, we appreciate the West Coasters like for going West through Coast. what you go through, but also your primetime games are earlier, so you get to like kind of have a night after games. Nice. Yeah. For us, we're all kind of battling for the fourth quarter to get oh, through yeah. it. So there's definitely pros and cons for either side, but we appreciate you showing up in Seattle last night for making that electric environment. Here was him coming out, leading the Denver Broncos. That's right. Onto this field that I have won a lot on. Here's the reaction. Onto the field, he was greeted with a mixed reaction at best, and here he comes again. Joe Buck debut. So this is normally when 
normally when they cheer the person on. Yeah. yeah. When you're coming on the field, we'll cheer for you. While you're playing, we'll boo you. Yes. I got to experience it with Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri up in New England. As we're going on the field for warm-ups, everybody's like, thank you, Mr. Vinatieri, for everything. You know, and Vinatieri, this is different. Obviously, quarterback, different position than kicker. But Vinatieri did a lot for New England, I think. And people know who he was up there. On the field, walking on the field, very nice to him. As soon as that game started, they were saying terrible things to him. I got Absolutely terrible things. And Vinny expected it, understood it. And then on the way out, they were back to being, hey, thank you for everything you've done. Mm-hmm. Now, Patriots won that game, so that might have been why. Sure. But it was when Peyton came back. For the eighteen um, twelve game, you know Peyton versus Andrew Luck in Lucas Oil Stadium, Sunday Night Football. A lot of things get remembered about that night. One of them for me was how loud that place was for Peyton when he was after he jogged on the field, was doing a quarterback warm up, like right before a coin toss kickoff, which is very close to the game. So. You know, you could see how that potentially emotionally fucks with you a little bit or drains you. He took his helmet off, had a full, like, 15 to 30 seconds of him waving, and the place was going apeshit. And then as soon as the game started, they were fuck Like, hey, they were yeah. loud when Peyton was on offense. Mm-hmm. They were celebrating when he was getting sack fumbles, whenever he was getting sacked for safeties. Everything. They were going crazy against him. And I think that's kind of what we just expected and then it wasn't like that at all. There seems to be bad blood up there between oh, Russ and Seattle, yeah. Connor. What's that all about? Because I think even you Boston fucks would cheer for Tom a, a time and time again before the game, and then during the game, fuck off Tom, right? Yeah, before the game, I remember very specifically everyone going nuts for him because Brady actually did the whole run down the 100 yards, the let's go in the end zone like he did in New England, and people were, you know, cheering for him. Little today. nostalgia pop. Yeah. Little, little nostalgia hey, pop. People, die. you know, appreciated what he did, of course, but then as soon as the game started like you said they started booing him from start to finish and it was very loud and i think the only difference with russ is you know peyton neck injury terrible back half his career cut you know tom even though he did get a contract offer it wasn't that you know great for him so he chooses to leave russell was like i don't want to be here anymore you have to trade me like i feel like that's the only difference between those situations so he was trying to babyface though that whole thing remember team three was the one saying everything and team three was probably telling russ hey we can get you out of this situation we'll be the bad guys you'll be the good guy don't worry about it people won't even know seattle was like nah yeah Yeah. no we know we know we know know smart fan base the number right there after team is the one it's literally it's team yeah, three three you are right Number. you're three mm-hmm. so who's telling all these people that the offensive line fucking stinks and the yeah. offense coordinator is bad <laughs> want to get the fuck out of here yeah. who's, is that you and that's what seattle's saying i think that's what their fans are yeah. saying and i would like seattle seahawks fans to remember hey don Rowe, you might not be able to get a free agent because this so oh. hope you're happy yeah Uh-oh. hope you're happy seattle seahawks that's what people were saying on the internet last night. Yeah, of course. All the big diehard Russell Wilson fans, which there are many. And how could there not be? You saw him looking like a goddamn angel walking out of his house to a Rolls Royce. And everything he says publicly is a cliche machine. So you just think, oh, this guy's pure hearted. Seems to be this way. There's a lot of people on the internet that absolutely love Russell Wilson or part of the Russell Wilson tribe. And I will not say that we're not part of it because <laughs> let's That's ride. Right. But with that being said, they were all saying, I hope Seattle Seahawks are fans for show or are happy that they're displaying their trashiness. And in the future, this is going to affect who wants to become a member of their team. You win games, people want to be on your team. Yeah, yeah. Just as easy as that. Exactly. I, I don't know how to change it. You win, people are going to want... Are the 
Seattle Seahawks for real at Tone Diggs. Last night, emotional, big Monday night football game. Everybody's juiced and amped. Geno Smith looked like he could do no wrong. There were some plays last night he was making where it's like, God damn, Geno Smith was projected to be this guy. And finally, after a few stops, he has become this guy. On the run, touch. How you doing? Keep it moving. Touchdown. Eyes downfield, on the move eluding sacks oh, yeah. and dropping it in an absolute bucket. Geno Smith played like this from start to finish. Had a lot of emotional energy, ran some people over, was slinging the pill all mm-hmm. over the damn yard. That one he had to keep the safety off this guy, Parkinson, who he just has incredible flow and air. Drops it right only in a spot that he could catch and not catch it. This is the best Geno I think we've seen since West Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah for probably. sure. Is yeah. this what Geno's going to look like with an entire program and organization pushing behind him? Is this what the Seattle Seahawks are this year. DK Metcalf made some plays. Ty made some plays. Geno's doing his thing. What if the Seahawks are for real, Tony? Is that a thing or not? I think the good or I think it was similar to last season where they could they could run the ball. And if you're going to be able to run the ball, and that last year they stopped the run. Now Javante Williams had a decent game last night uh, for the Broncos. But if if you could run the ball and kind of protect Geno like that with Penny, and then when Kenneth Walker comes back. I think they're going to at least be competitive and stay in games. Now, they scored those two touchdowns in the first half, and they did not score anything in the second half or what, just a field goal in the second half. So maybe they figured Geno out a little bit, and going forward that worries you a little bit. Um, But if they can continue to run the ball. I mean, let's let's just shoot the people straight here. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Broncos should have covered last night. Yeah, they should absolutely. Have. Yeah, Broncos should have absolutely twice. covered last night. Nathaniel Hackett is going to be questioned sure. for a lot of decisions he was making yeah. last night, running the same exact play on the goal line, on the half-inch line, it being stuffed out twice with the same exact outcome both times. In hindsight, you can judge and make fun of. But both of those things get scored, and both of those are touchdowns. Whole different game. We cover. We're celebrating sure. today because yep. Broncos win, cover, and over hits mm-hmm. if that takes place. Going to be tough to hit the over whenever you're fumbling on a half-inch yard, uh, half-inch line twice. I mean, absolutely two times actually on the half. They couldn't even put the fucking uh, goal or line of scrimmage line basically all the way in there because how close it was. That's one of those ones where if Russell is under center and just falls forward somehow, Mm -hmm. it's a touchdown. He goes up over top. It's a touchdown. I mean, they were so close. Two different occasions, both ending up with fumbles, both going the different direction. Those are how you win and lose games. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get those all year, the Seattle Seahawks are going to win. Seattle Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl. They get that type of stuff. Broncos should have covered, but it just felt like, honestly, it was Seattle's night. Was that the football gods telling us something right there on Monday Night Football? Let's ride. No. Let's fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's Is that fly. them saying, yeah. hey, that the, the pony that rode out of Seattle into Denver was the problem around here, and this is just a display from the football gods letting us know publicly, like, hey, this is, if you want to judge how the situation went, this is the team that is rewarded in it all in this particular evening. I still think the Broncos are going to be good. I still believe oh, yeah. they're going to figure it out, and Russell Wilson will. But some of those balls, yeah. they looked a little lollipop. Hey, those moon rockets that he normally uh-huh. throws that come down in a DK Metcalf and feel like they look like they're going to break through Metcalf or Ty's fucking arms mm-hmm. over there for Seattle, they looked a little bit... Uh-huh. Bottle rockety coming yeah, down. Uh-huh. Jerry Judy very fast. Going to have to work out the timing with him. I assume that's a work in progress. But the balls did not look the same out of Russell Wilson. Doesn't scare me. But it didn't look the exact same three that we had seen in the past. No, definitely not. And I think, like to your point, you know, 
when you used to see those plays to like Lockett and Metcalf and stuff like that, like he's he's always hitting them in stride, always hitting them in stride. Like maybe it was just kind of the emotions and everything, but you know we always talk about Brady, like his arm just continues to get better and better somehow. And I'm not saying Russ isn't isn't oh, as good, but like oh, oh, oh. you keep throwing, you underthrow guys like that, you know, like you turn the ball over more and also. Maybe just shit can the you know running out of shotgun on the one inch line. Maybe like you said, just fucking get Russ under center and let him fall in. I get you just paid him a bunch of money, but like he can move. Let's let's yeah. make sure we're punching it in when we get down there. And maybe it's the mallet finger. Maybe that's why they didn't want to have him Could reach have over top or whatever the case. Zero points, one inch total mm-hmm. to score on two different drives, and they can't get the job done for whatever reason. Great goal line stands by the Seattle Seahawks. We are not knocking that. No, absolutely not. But it's just like in an offensive society that we're in right now, you would think they'd be able to find a half of a fucking inch a couple of times whenever you're paying somebody 250 some million and you got a brand new offensive guru head coach. A, a, a offensive guru head coach, and we haven't talked about how they got the ball back for four minutes left and didn't have enough time to get uh, yeah. closer than a 64-yard. Okay, so let's talk about that. New offensive guru head coach that you bring in because all offensive gurus have been doing well as head coaches. Now, new head coaches have performed very well in week one. Haven't really been any rookie mistakes or game situation fuck-ups mm-hmm. until last night a conversation certainly began and is continuing I, I would assume that most people are chiming in because Peyton Manning uh-huh. is literally uh-huh. watching along live with the team that he currently lives in the city of with the new head coach at the end in a two-minute situation, and he's saying live on the air for everybody to hear last night live and here on the internet. Probably get a timeout here. Probably get a timeout, talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about this one. Maybe get one here. <laughs> Maybe we want to get one here. Maybe... <laughs> And maybe we just talk about it. Get, Got to get one here. Nate, wait, wait, wait. And then Shannon Sharp goes, so let me get this straight. Yeah. They yeah. just blew through 30 seconds there to trot out somebody to do the field goal. Now, if they go for that on fourth and five, if they take a timeout early, save the amount of time, sure. they go for it. They don't get it. Then he's the idiot who didn't even send out his kicker for a 64-yard opportunity, and he has a kicker that can hit from 64. Now, they call a timeout. They save themselves some time, and you figure that the offensive guru head coach and the $256 million quarterback can figure out a way to get five yards, or if they even draw him off, try to draw sure, him off yeah. sides before taking the timeout. Again, none of these things happen, so I think that's why it's a question everywhere. Hindsight once again, is our friend in this. But Nathaniel Hackett's beginning as a play caller and as a head coach is in question. And I think it all happened on Monday Night Football, and he'll just have to bounce back. But that's life as a fucking head coach in the NFL, I guess. Well, and it's one of the things we talk about, too. Like, you always mention it, and we've talked about it with Chuck. Like, how many of those different things that he probably didn't have to worry about last year when he's just the OC, and who knows how many plays he's actually calling in Green Bay because LaFleur calls most of it. Like, that's a lot more responsibility on how your plate. How about the timeouts for the kneels at the end? Yeah, exactly. Right? Everything like, he's all doing that is kind being scrutinized right now. Yeah. Joining us... Joining us now, exactly. seriously. <laughs> Joining us now, this is the men's league. Yeah, it's like when Shiano had people fucking diving yeah, at the knees. Fans yeah. shouldn't be yelling time out, and your head coach isn't. Like I know it's Peyton Manning, but what? Half of the country was watching that game. Like, okay, timeout. Talk about it. timeout. No, timeout. I agree oh, completely. Okay. But I assume he had a plan. You would think he would have had a plan. Joining us now is a man who's been in that seat before, had that headset on, had to make those types of decisions. And not only did he do it in a fantastic fashion, he took the Jets to fucking playoffs like every goddamn year. Yeah, yeah. Ever since he's been gone, since he's been gone, they haven't won with action. Yeah, they stink. Yeah. No offense to them. 
Offense should be taken, actually. I, but I got a chance to meet this guy since he's been working at ESPN. He's electrifying. He's hilarious. And now, he's here for Dr. Fucking Shoals. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, legend Rex Ryan. Yeah! Hey, what up, Pat? Rex! Pat, it's good to see you, buddy. Coach, it's hey, great to see you. The, the first thing, though, do we have to call timeout? Are you kidding okay. me? Everybody in the stadiums want to call timeout. Everybody watching at home, like, timeout, coach, timeout. You got three of these bad boys. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, you got Russell Wilson. It ain't like you have Mark Sanchez. You got Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they paid him $256 million just like a week or two ago. They got the richest owner in all of sports, so I guess that means nothing. But everybody on earth of the fourth and five left here, 50-some seconds left, because if you go for it and you don't get it, Denver's kneeling it out anyway. So there's really no, you know, Rex, why wouldn't you, I guess? No, 100%. Like, you you got to be kidding me here. Like, you have to call timeout. And then and and move it with your best player, the one you paid two hundred forty million dollars to. You're right, Pat. Yeah, it's but a- you got to do it. And now look, this kicker is unusual. I mean, like like I say, I understand, you know, milking it down and kicking the field goal and all that. Not from sixty four yards. Are you are you kidding me? How long was that damn record? You know, sixty three yard field goal. That thing lasted for a hundred damn years. Tom Dipsley, half foot guy or whatever, he knocks it through. He still could have used Doctor Scholes, but anyway, he knocked it through. And, and here's the thing: it just was, uh, yeah, it was just really strange, man. It almost looked like he panicked. Okay, like, it almost looked like he wasn't prepared for the situation, and where okay, what's my call? And he froze. And I've seen coaches do that before. Okay. They freeze in the biggest moments. And you're like, but as a head coach, they pay you for those moments. And I, I couldn't believe that, uh, you know, what I was watching. But, again, hopefully he'll be a really good coach down the road. But, man, he's going to regret that one. Yeah, I would assume so. He's going to look back on it and second-guess everything, hopefully. I mean, West Virginia's head coach. Oh, did yeah. not second guess any of his decisions no. after losing a game. Track, dude, all game. I go back and do it the exact same way again. All right, we fucking lost, all right? <laughs> so let's not <laughs> let's not do that. But yeah, I think obviously Hackett will look back on this and wonder yeah. what if. But you've been in football forever, literally forever. We read on your Wikipedia that you and your brother said when you're like six years old, we're gonna be fucking football coaches. That's just how it's gonna be. You love the game. Whenever you get that head coaching role in that opportunity you ask the kicker right what's your line do you think he right he was told like hey this is our line and in his head hey i got him to where the fucking kicker told me to be we got to give him a shot like what do you, do you think or do you think it was just a fool i don't i've never been in this position before what the fuck should i do moment yeah i mean look obviously yeah you you find out the range from the kicker he can kick it from here we got to get to this yard line to have any kind of chance but you have three timeouts. It's fourth and five. It ain't fourth and a hundred. You know, it's it's not five seconds left or even twenty seconds left. Oh yes, it is because you let it, the clock get down to twenty <laughs> seconds. So you had no choice but to kick it. Then I, it just totally butchered the thing. And and the way look, the way these guys convert fourth downs now, and and the way the rules are, like fourth and five is like that's that's back in the day fourth and ones. You know, I mean it's it's. It's easy to convert those, a hell of a lot easier than it used to be. And to me, there was no – I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna go down with with my best player, the one I'm giving $240 million to, and we gave up like three players and three draft picks or whatever it was. Yeah. you gotta, you got to ride with your quarterback. And, and 
you know, unfortunately, he never did that. So we'll never know. That's a tough start, obviously, for his head coaching career and also Russell Wilson's Denver Broncos. Let's ride career. On the flip side, though, how about those goal line stands? Two fumbles, same exact play, basically half inch line. That's something that's momentum a team can ride for the next few weeks, Rex. Oh, there's no question. And here's the thing I took from number one, phenomenal red zone defense. All right. Last year, man, I mean, the, 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 the Seahawks were awful in almost every statistic on defense. All right. But when you saw these, these plays in the, in the, uh, uh, you know, by the goal line, it was unreal. I mean, two takeaways, like that's, it, that's amazing. But I tell you what, I've got to give a shout out to my, my guy, Geno Smith. All right. Yes. I know he's got a chin like a marshmallow, but Gino <laughs> Smith came out on fire in that in that first half. You know he did. He played his tail off, and I think he's going to ride that momentum. Look, I I started him for two years. He hadn't really had the opportunity to go since he he's been on the bench behind some really good quarterbacks. And I'm excited for, for Gino to finally get this opportunity again, and hopefully he'll make the most of it. I think he will. It seemed like he started out in a great fashion, and the whole team's around yeah. him, obviously sitting behind Eli and sitting behind Russell. He's probably a completely different player. What do you think Pete Carroll told those boys the night before? Now, I know you're a big, let's go get a fucking snack guy. What Damn do you, right. Do you think Pete let him know, like, Hey, all the rumors you've heard, if you weren't here last year, ask somebody who was. Russ thinks he's better than everybody in here. Do you think Pete used that type of stuff? I don't know if you know Pete that well. That had to be, it felt like all of Seattle wanted last night pretty bad from the beginning all the way to the end, Rex. Yeah, there was no doubt. I I don't know if he he would go out and signal, uh, you know, just, just take out, you know, the Russell Wilson, put it on him. I think he would use it more as a team. Like, look, everybody wants to see Russell Wilson and his new Denver Bronco team, this super, uh, superstar team against us. We're, we're just the afterthought here. Oh, yeah? We're getting ready to beat the hell out of this football team. And I think that's how they played. They were inspired. You're right. They did want to, they did want to, you know, have Geno Smith back. And look at the fan base, man. Oh. All them chanting Gino, Gino. It's like, good for you, man. Like, that was great to see. And and the great thing about, hey, oh, Russell deserved a lot better. Hell no, you're you're with another team now, man. You know, so uh I, I don't blame the fans for for having at it and, and it was kind of a fun thing. But I know, I mean, Pete Carroll, you know darn well he was using the old, you know, hey, disrespect to us completely and to our quarterback and everybody else, and, and he certainly used that. Okay, uh, we're talking to Rex Ryan, obviously absolute legend, just chatted about Monday Night Football and Russell Wilson getting booed, jogging on for warm-ups in the Monday Night Football countdown on ESPN and being booed throughout the entire evening. They should have covered untimely for, uh, turnovers that the Seattle Seahawks defense force <laughs> changes the entire evening. I want to ask about a couple other NFL teams before we dive into this Dr. Scholl's partnership because yeah. – Hey, this is brilliant. This, yeah, it is. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, How do you feel about the Buffalo Bills, a team you know very well, obviously? Josh Allen's like a prototype, it feels like. But that team has dogs everywhere. Number one in all sports books. They go out to L.A., steamroll. What do you like about that team, Rex? Haven't really got a chance to hear your take on the whole squad. Yeah. Hey, Pat, everything about that team, like this isn't the team that I had. Ain't no way in hell. Like they're in the single player on it, you know, all those type of things. And we were battling eight and eight, just scrapping to get to to 500. 
this team right here is, is built to, to go the distance. And number one, how are you going to do it? Well, you have to have a franchise quarterback. We all know that. Well, if you're drafting right now, I'm not sure you take anybody over Josh Allen. You know, he's definitely in the top three if he ain't number one with Patrick Mahomes and that Herbert kid. But, I mean, he's absolutely phenomenal. You look at the the weapons they have around them. I mean, the receiving core, Stephon Diggs was a great move they did. And But the thing that I'm most impressed with is their defense. And they took an a area of weakness. They couldn't stop anybody from running the ball on them last year. So what do they do? They they bring in, they add Settle, they get the uh, uh, Phillips, Phillips back. And that, that big Jordan Phillips, a great player for Buffalo. He can't play for anybody else, but he is lights out for Buffalo. <laughs> and and then you also bring in Von Miller. Oh, by the way, oh, he's done. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? He's done? All he's going to do is rush the passer on third down and in the fourth quarter and in two-minute situations, good good luck. He's a closer. That's exactly what you need to do to win in this league. You've got to be able to rush the passer in the fourth quarter of games. That's what they fixed. They fixed the run defense. This Look, they were number one in the league last year in defense. Well, how are they going to do now? Like they're they're even better in that. Their depth is incredible. That defensive line depth. It remind me of the old Niners back in the Bill Walsh days when he had ten defensive linemen dressed for games when nobody else was you know having five or six dressed. He had ten. Why? Because you've got to. And that, he was one of a, a strange mentor of mine. But Bill Walsh actually was, and he always said you've got to be able to rush the passer in the fourth quarter. So you need pass rushers. Well, Buffalo's got it. And and I, I tell you what, the only question I think they had going in was how good the the new offensive coordinator was going to be, Ken, uh, oh, Dorsey. He's good. Well, oh, he might be better than the other cat. <laughs> <laughs> they just replaced. So that looked pretty damn good to me. Uh, so, yeah, they were absolutely impressive. We'll talk to Jordan Poyer in about 45 minutes here. Uh, can't wait to chat. Oh, my God. Both those safeties, man. Hey, no those Pro Bowlers. Studs. No Pro Bowlers last year. Isn't that crazy on that defense? None. <laughs> yeah, the number one defense in the league and no Pro Bowlers. Yeah. They should have put Leslie Frazier in there if that's the case. <laughs> hey, Leslie, you know what? You're the defensive coordinator. You're the number one defense. You had no players. You're doing it with no no players at all. You go to the damn Pro Bowl and represent <laughs> this team, but – yeah, no, players are fans. No, you take both those safeties, stick them in the Pro Bowl. Those guys are awesome. But I think they're not going to be able to play in it anyway because they're going to be going to the Super Bowl this year. I think we all think that. And that's kind of a scary thing, that everybody is in agreement on something in the NFL because we all know the NFL is full of fuckery. But that team, they have the, they do, they have the mindset too. Like, we haven't won shit. And I think it's because that no pro bowlers, Josh Allen, although he is a guy, a superstar now, he started out with a lot of people bashing him. So that'll be with him forever, I think. Like Stephon Diggs was on yeah. here last week. He said, you couldn't even tell that we're the fucking odds on favorite anymore. Like that, that's the mentality that you want. And Von Miller's hearing it too. And he could be the first guy to go three different teams and win. I mean, it's. I think we're all in agreement, Rex, and I'm pumped to watch yeah. this motherfucker. They go. Let's talk about another team your name has ties to. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles with your dad. And whenever you went and did the show live for ESPN in Philly, it was a cool moment watching you do the chanting alongside of them and everything. That team, <laughs> they seem to have dogs, Rex. I like this mentality of these younger coaches almost. Like, hey, we need dudes at spots. Do you kind of enjoy this new evolution of coaching and uh, team building strategy, especially in Philadelphia with what they're looking for? 
Yeah, no, I still like the old guy. He says, I'm still waiting for that phone call, Pat, you know, but uh, to come back in. But, no, I absolutely do. And, and you know, my son, you know, he's coaching now six years in the NFL. Hopefully he'll be one of these new young cats that get, get promoted down the road. And because you're, you're almost like, where'd this guy come from? Well, when you know Sirianni was with the charge for all those years, um, and he's done a hell of a job. He's got a lot of young young coaches on his staff. And it's an exciting brand of football. And the thing I like most about what Nick Sirianni did was he took what his quarterback, uh, what what his strengths are, and he utilized them. He lets that quarterback be himself. And, hey, look, you're a terrific runner. Take off, man. You feel it? Take off. You don't have to sit in the pocket all damn day. And, and Jalen Hurts is a dang good football player. People forget, you know, Tua did beat out. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, but only after the fact Jalen Hurts was a two-time Southeast Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Like, he's pretty damn good. Could have won the Heisman at Oklahoma. So, you know, he he lets him lets him do his thing, and and I think they're an exciting team. They got a, a big, strong offensive line, and and you know a, a good defense. But I will say this: they were challenged last week, late, right, late, 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 yeah, late. And Detroit ran the hell out of the football, and so I'm like, holy cow, maybe Detroit's going to be good too. So we'll see. What do you think about the change of the game here? Now you just talked about running the ball and do, being damn good on the ground. How do you feel about the evolution of football? You're an old-school guy. Now, I'm not saying you're an old-school guy because you've been around a long time. It just feels like you're with the greats whenever the conversation happened. The Ryan family is like one of the staples of football. I'm happy to hear your son, third generation. That's awesome. Congratulations. But what do you think about the evolution of football right now? It's obviously for science and for safety. It's wide open. It affects defensive football the most, which we know you absolutely love. Yeah, it does, but I, I still think it's for the betterment of our game and, you know, protecting our players. The, 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 this game is about our players, and that's what everybody loves to watch, and let's protect them with still having the greatest game it is. Like, look, this is one of the only sports that takes courage to play, and courage to me is is not it's, you're crazy. No, courage is you're scared, but you go anyway. Like, that's football, man. Like, it's tough. It, it, it is a – uh, a physical last game and and you just you, you gotta love it but i i love the new game and look it's still 11 on 11 you still get after the quarterback you can still knock the hell out of people you just can't hit them in the head anymore which back in the day used to be quite a weapon oh, oh yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> we have aj hawk on here you know every day yeah and, and he doesn't like it has taken him a little bit here to change the name of, like, to Helmet. He used to just say it was a weapon. Like, that was literally what he taught. Yeah, you're, that ride, though, you get that big, heavy one. You get one of those lighter ones. Yeah. You can't really hit anybody with. You get that heavy one, you're trying to, yeah, it's a weapon. <laughs> if I'm not hitting with my head, what am I doing? It, now the game is just, and it's been pretty quick, like 15 years yeah. almost. The next generation, though, of players is in, and they understand, they get it. Like these Guardian Caps, Coach, did you see those things? <laughs> Dude, I know they look horrible, but here's the great thing, Pat. I went to a my kid was playing at Clemson. I went there and they all had them, and so I called the NFL and said, "Hey, should we put these things on our guys for training camp?" And of course, they looked at me and anything I suggested. They're like, "Oh, Rex Ryan's calling." What? <laughs> Get that out Come of here. Yeah, yeah right, right now we ain't doing that shit. Boom. <laughs> now we're all doing it. So good for them, man. You know, prevent some of those concussions and, and things like that. It's it's great. Keep our guys healthy. I think it's I think the game is growing 
uh, still somehow 103 years into this or whatever it is. And I mean, 25.1 million average viewers on that Tampa Cowboys yeah. game, and that game was boring. Hey, boring. That was a boring game out there. I how do you know. feel? How do you feel about Tom coming back? Greatest of all time, I assume everybody's in agreement of that. Him coming oh, back. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think it's going to change anything down in Tampa? You think they can go on a run? I think they can go on a run, but I, I mean, I think it's going to be based on on good, you know, like Godwin. If he gets back healthy, remember he had the hamstring. Because yeah. I looked out there, I'm like, who the hell is he throwing to? You know, Mike Evans is a great player, but they had nobody else really. So uh, I, I think as long as he comes back healthy, they'll still have a shot. You like Tom? You know, you've been away from the game here for a little bit, and yeah. you just said you'd go back and be a head coach again. Let's make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Tomorrow, right? Let's make that happen. <laughs> Coaches are getting fired at a lot more alarming right nowadays because you can't just, like, be okay with losing because social media and everything. Let's get Rex back in the league. But when you left, there you go, Pat. Hey, when you left the game, when you left the game, was it hard? Was it difficult? I think guys that are lifers, it becomes much more difficult coaching, playing. And I think Tom experienced that for 40 days. He was, like, almost lost, it feels like. Like it sounds like it. Yeah, point. it really is because when you are a football lifer, it really is. But the one thing about and Pat, you know, when we went into this media deal, I, I got up with you know ESPN and doing that Sunday countdown show. So you still have your fix. And the fact you know I have a son that, that now going to his sixth year in the NFL and and my brother. So I'm still connected that way. But yeah, it's you miss the competition, man. You miss the locker room. You you miss all that and and. You know, but I'll be honest, but, you know, it, it's funny. I I never knew there'd be life after football, but I enjoy what I'm doing right now. And and I'm not getting back in this league. Obviously, you go anywhere to be a head coach, but I'm not going to jump in to be a coordinator or whatever unless it was, you know, they had to pay me a, shit, a ton of money. That would be the only way you get back. But but I like what I'm doing. And and Pat, let's not let's not forget. One of the things I'm doing is I'm a partner with Dr. Scholl's. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, Rex, Rex, this is brilliant. And these are things that you can do now that you're in the media space and everybody sees how awesome you are. Obviously, we knew from Hard Knocks in your press conferences how electrifying you were. But in the media, I mean, I feel like getting to know you as a person for the conversations off air. I came back and told the boys, I'm like, hey, Rex is one of the coolest motherfuckers of all time. And then I think I talked to you at that point about getting on social. I'm like, Rex, you got to get on social. I'm like the first wave of people that are going to tweet you. You're going to have to get through that. Like you're going to have to get through the first wave, but all they're going to attack you for is what you've embraced fully. This is brilliant. Now, um, I know athlete's foot is a problem that people don't like to talk about. Nope. Having your foot be irritated or uncomfortable is something oh. nobody likes to chat about. So Dr. Scholes and Rex Ryan have come together to create a new instant cool athlete treatment spray and wipes. Ooh, not, not only do they have this incredible product, they're also teaming up with the host of TLC's My Feet Are killing me dr brad (laughs) schaefer to really address and promote like good feet health i think this is a it's great for you obviously the tie-in is amazing how did this come together and uh, how pumped are you about this i assume it's pretty exciting yeah i mean it's cool but when they first called pat i'm like yeah right like somebody's busting my chops here you know (laughs) like, like no we got this great product and they actually sent it to me and i'm like all right, and anybody's had athletes, but you know it's like, oh hell, that burns like hell. Whatever. This stuff I spray, I'm like, damn, this thing's pretty good. I'm like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. Like, we're gonna do this. And and look, it's funny, Pat, because I I spent 30 years coaching or whatever. But there, in some circles, I'm known as that 
that's the that's the the coach that has the foot fetish or what I'm like. <laughs> yep, that's me, mother. You're right, I do. And, and you know, I'm guilty. I and look, my wife is gorgeous. She got gorgeous feet, but. You know, but when Dr. Scholl is called, I'm like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Like, they're choosing me. <laughs> but they're, like, explaining why. They're like, Brex, you know, two things we, you know, and they said, well, you know, I was uniquely qualified to do it. And I'm like, yes, I can do this, man, because I'm an expert in, in football and I'm an expert in feet. So what the <laughs> hell I'm going to do it. And, and I flat out own it. And, and you know, it's uh, – I remember, Pat, going into a stadium. We're going in to play New England. And all that stuff came out. Remember Wes Welker and yeah. bust of my chops, everything else. And I come out and they all got these, these things out, posters on something on the feet and all that type of jazz. And I'm like, Oh, great. This is fantastic. And some fan yells, Hey, Hey coach. Hey coach. What do you think of my girlfriend's feet? And I'm like, man, I'm just going to ignore it. And I'm like, nah, I'll look over it. I glance over. I'm like, they look pretty good. You, you know, doing all right. But either way, it's just one of those things. But. When Dr. Scholl's called, I'm like, what if you would have said? Like, here it is. Like, here's the funny thing. Pat, it's the number one, you know, Dr. Scholl's the best of the best, the the, the best foot product company, you know, in the world. And they're like asking me to do it. I'm like, okay, dude. (laughs) You know, let's go for it. But, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. Coach, they're the best foot, you know, company. You yeah. are the best foot spokesperson in the oh, history yeah. of anything. <laughs> and I, I love the fact that you're owning it completely. I like that the New England fans gave it to you because that's mm-hmm. what sports are. Yep. I mean, yep. that's what it's supposed to be. But I do wish you would have looked at that lady's feet and said, fucking busted ass. Uh, gross. <laughs> I mean, it would have been awesome. Pat, Pat I would have. If they were jacked up, I would have said it. But I'm like, man, they look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they're clearly not as good as my wife's feet, but man, they're pretty good. Uh, key features of the new. Do- You're the best, by the way. Your teeth look amazing too. I mean, you are. Thank you. Yeah, you I in- put Doctor Scholl's on those too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're the best. Key features of the new Dr. Scholl's Instant Cool Athletes foot treatment and spray and wipes. Uh, itching and burning relief. How you doing? Yeah. Okay. And clinically proven to relieve and prevent athletes' foot with daily use. Ooh, How you doing? That. Added cooling versus current spray solutions with no powdery residue. Big deal. Easy to use and convenient. No need to touch the feet. Nice. Relief yes. for cracking and scaling of skin on feet and toes. Full coverage with between the toe application. You can literally head to drscholls.com right now. Now, or purchase it anywhere. Dr. Scholl's Instant Cool Athletes Foot Treatments are available. Hey, you're the man. Thank you for everything. Pat, you're the man, and, and thank you so much for having me on there. Man, am I glad you read that stuff off because – you know, all I know is this product is outstanding, and thank you for, <laughs> for, for getting it out there for me. Ladies and gentlemen, Rex Ryan. Thank yeah, is all the way back. Got a chance to chat about the Monday night football matchup between the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. That saw Russell Wilson return to his home that we've seen him in the NFL for his entire career. He got booed going onto the field for warm-ups and going onto the field for the games. And he got an L on the way out of Seattle. But he's wearing a tuxedo and threw for 340 yards and a touchdown. So what does that mean going forward about the Denver Broncos? We do not know. We do know that the Seattle Seahawks defense was opportunistic. A couple goal line stands, two turnovers in that. Three points was all that was had by the Denver Broncos and three trips inside the Seattle Seahawks five. That was obviously the turn of the tide. And also, Geno Smith was lights 
Ah, what an absolute stallion of a game by him, a performance by him. And it felt like all of Seattle wanted that one, which had to feel good uh, for... You know, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, and everybody sure. in oh, the yeah. Seahawks universe. Absolutely. The Toxic Tables here at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. One half of the hammer. Dan. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. We talked to Rex Ryan in the last hour. He loves feet. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. He has teamed up with Dr. Scholes, who also loves feet. Yes, to do. take care of a problem that everybody potentially has at one point or another in their life. Athlete's foot or a little bit of an infection in between your toes. The discomfort, the burn, the itch is no fun. Dr. Scholes took care of that with Rex Ryan. I loved that those two came together for a marketing opportunity. Dr. Scholes saw everything that was happening. And instead of saying, uh... We don't want to talk to this guy. Instead, they said, give us mm-hmm. this guy. That's our guy. Give us the football expert. Yep. Give us the foot expert. Right. Give us the athlete expert. Right. And he can be the guy that can represent our brand new instant cool athlete foot solution. Hell awesome. yeah. Match made in heaven. Shout out to Dr. Scholes for that. Joining oh. us now is a man who I know love that. Oh, yeah. A man who won a college football national championship, a Super Bowl championship, a Ryder Cup championship. He is a quarterback on the field when he was playing middle linebacker and tackling people with his forehead on every single play. So much so, he became the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Now, he's a two-time, two-time COVID-19 survivor. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. A.J., how you doing, pal? I'm doing great. I think what people, some young people may have forgotten is Wes Welker was what he was held out of the first half of a game because of his comments yep. and his deadpan delivery when he was making comments about Rex Ryan and his whole foot situation. <laughs> I completely forgot about him being suspended for a half by Bill Belichick, but in a weekly press conference going into a Jets game, he basically did a whole, we're going to put our best foot forward. Uh, whenever you're talking about getting out of bed and putting two feet on the ground, mm-hmm. you're going to do this. Because shortly before that, it came out that Rex Ryan Ryan and his wife are very active participants in the foot fetish community. Sure, that's right. right. They're producers, they're editors, they're actors, they're right. a part of the whole yep. thing. And obviously, instead of just, you know, being embarrassed by it, Rex Ryan now has chosen to be like, yeah, fuck off. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people probably in that community. None that I know, but Rex is one of them, and I assume there's others that just haven't told me because of the Stigma yeah. that in is this world. It, that is potentially alongside of it. So shout out to Dr. Scholes and Rex Ryan in this hour, six minutes. We'll be talking to Jordan Poyer. Can't wait to chat with him. AJ, we're talking to you right now about last night's Monday night football game. Did you get a chance to watch the entire thing? Was it the Manning cast? Was it Joe Buck and Troy? And how did you feel about how the game went, AJ? It was nice actually. I got to watch the whole thing. Uh with I watched Joe and Troy and then I went back and I watched like the best of Peyton and Eli and their whole Smart. situation this morning on YouTube. Which they're great, man. Honestly, I, I love both those guys together. And their guests, they're they're awesome. But Joe and Troy too, I feel like they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I like Joe and Troy. I like that, you know, the telestrator wasn't working. And instead of uh just Calling it quits. Troy goes, oh, well, no, Telestrator no, ain't yeah. working. <laughs> so he's old the people he used to work with, because that's somebody's job. Okay. Yeah, probably a couple people's. Well, yeah, you're right. Probably a couple big old people. crew. Monday Night Football. They got about 80 people on that crew. I bet. Solely focus on this, making sure this is plugged in. You're solely focused on this, make sure this is happening. It's almost uh, we don't do anything like that at all, and I don't think it's an efficient way to do things at all. But allegedly, it's the way to get the best things done because you have so many eyes on so many little details, and the little things lead to the big things. So if you take care of every little thing, you'll take care of the big thing. Sometimes it's difficult in those big productions, though, to get a hold of the right fucking person that you need just for something. Like, hey, what about the- – oh, whoa, that's – yeah, you got to get – Not me. 
Well, you're doing the. No, it's no, completely no. different. What? No, you're doing the. No, I'm, no, I'm doing the other thing. Not yeah. today. I'm not doing that. Okay, Last well, week if you were just to happen to be doing the. I want to know. I would have no idea. Don't ask me. <laughs> All right. Where is the? I don't know. I don't know. Don't Figure stop it out. fucking asking me questions. <laughs> There's a chance that could happen. Now I'm not talking about in my experience with TV. That actually happened at a couple of the theaters that we did shows at because oh, yeah. the person that controls the lights for the house doesn't control the lights for the stage. Let alone potentially asking the person that needs to move the drapes. Who that per? That's all. They Union. Need, they needed twenty. That oh, person yeah. needed twenty. Yeah, they did. Uh, they were not around for the exact time that we needed them to do the thing. So that was on us, not on them. And we did apologize to them for that. You know, we apologize that we rented this theater, that we were doing this show, and we were being forced to use you yep. as a worker, mm-hmm. and that at the exact time that you wanted to go smoke your 50th cigarette, mm-hmm. that we actually need you just to move that thing. Yep. Because we could have done it ourselves, but we were told we're literally not allowed Can't to. Can't do it. Don't touch it. Don't fucking touch it. Okay. Made the show much worse, but we... We are sorry that we did that happen to us. But in the TV thing, there's experts for everything. And that's why we just got Zito. That's right. Uh-huh. Sure. Hey, Zito. Oh, yeah. That's done. Hey, Zito, how can we get this thing to be over there, right? Well, I don't Calculating. think. No, yeah, Zito at first will go, I don't know. And I'm like, well, there has okay. to be a way. Yeah. And then it's like. Figure it out. <laughs> all right, here we go. So in theory, there's always a, in theory, we could connect. I'm going to need like f- Four or five wires. Like, can we get them? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. And then, whenever those big networks that have all those experts for every little thing, all those people have to chat with Zito and they have to prove how smart they are. Right in every conversation that they have, no, but this most recent time with ESPN has not been like that at all. By the way, this most recent time with ESPN, it has been. Awesome. It has been very cool. Wow. But I'm not talking about just ESPN. I'm talking about every network we have ever worked with for anything ever, and we are a part of it. There's always, uh, I'm smarter than you, you're an idiot, and Zito has to talk to every single person. So I'd assume the Telestrator people heard about it, and the blame was on somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But it probably was somebody else's fault. But I think Troy and Joe did well. I think they did well. Yeah. Picked up right where they left off. They let it breathe at the beginning. And the game was a good one. I, I mean, I didn't expect that game to go that way at all. We all picked the Broncos. Obviously, the Seahawks saw that. They heard about it. They probably used that as motivation. But that didn't go anywhere near the way I thought it was going to. Do you know Hackett as a person? He's getting killed right now, AJ. I don't know him at all. I've never met him. I just know how how highly the, all the Packers guys speak of Hackett. Like, they love the dude. So. You call him time I think out? that's still there. think that goodwill is still there with everybody? No, I don't know about with the Broncos fans. I don't know if the Packers players uh, loving them are going to go hey, did everybody Like, does everybody just not like Russ out there in Seattle? Nobody likes him or what? No, I saw some people cheering. You saw the – there was Broncos. I'm talking about just like everything online and all everything going on. Was this something known before the game, all of this weird animosity? So there's those anonymous sources, remember, um, two years ago. When he had allegedly asked for a trade and team three was upset about the offensive line, the way the offense was running. And also, if they were to be traded, not that they're asking for to be traded, they would go to Miami, Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Denver, I guess, yep. and New York. They mm-hmm. would go to not that they're asking for a trade, but if they were to, those would be the city. So then no deal was to be had. But during that entire process, there was anonymous team three sources. And then remember, there was anonymous sources from Pete Carroll's camp too saying, Russ was impossible to fucking deal with, basically, is what they said. And then it all got smashed because either a deal couldn't be made or they decided to go back together. And at that press conference, they go, we love each other. Their heads pop in. It's like the Brady Bunch. And then a year later now, 
out the door, gone. So we have to assume that some of that was real. There was a Sports Illustrated article, I think, last week about a bunch of shit that came out behind the scenes about how Rustin like Schneider, allegedly, and the whole... So yeah, I think it was ugly. I did not know everybody fucking hated him, though. I had no idea. Yeah, you see him what, kind of wandering around the field after the game, too, trying to find some, some dudes. Like, that was weird. Yeah, he found a couple guys, but mm-hmm. hey, DK sent you know the jersey deal and all that. But yeah, it was Gino. it was just it was awkward. I feel like yeah, him and Pete had a handshake. Him and Gino had a handshake. He is a smaller quarterback though, and those cameras yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. weren't doing him justice. I didn't know how he could see anything. To be honest, I, I don't even know how you. Uh, it's never been my life. No, so he's looking right. at DK. I've never had to figure it out. Yeah, like following around for on the jumbo. Yeah, me. But yeah. the start too, when he was leading him out of the tunnel, like just the way it was, it was like, oh Jesus Christ, he looks like he's five four. Yeah, he Russell Russell <laughs> shrink six inches before he signed with no, the Broncos. No, they got a bunch of dogs on that team. A bunch of dogs on that team. Joining us now is a man who is on a team of absolute dogs. Dogs. Dog. Offense, defense, special teams. What? Quarterback, running back, safety. Wide. Wide. Doesn't matter what the position, they got dudes. Yeah. Zero pro bowlers on the defense side of the ball. Number one defense in the league. You mm. tell us how that works. Huh. Interesting. Chip on his shoulder is huge. Interception already had by this man. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, safety for the Buffalo Bills, Jordan Poyer. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, boys? How you doing, man? How you doing? It's good to see you guys. Dude, great to see you. How are you doing, uh, man? I'm good, man. Hey, congrats again. I think I said it last year, but congrats again on all your success, bro. I'm always reading about your stuff on Twitter, man. Congrats again on all you guys, really. You guys are killing the game. Man, you you're good. Congrats to you on all your success, man. And you and all your guys. All your guys, by the way. Congrats on all the success. Hey, we appreciate the hell out of you, man. We love you. You look amazing. Hey, you look like Thank a model right now. It. Yeah, you look oh, like a model right you. now. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Hey, life's good over there, huh? On Thursday night, I will say, okay, because friend of the program, we all picked against you, okay? We all did. I picked you to go to the Super Bowl. Picked you to go to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh-huh. Everybody needs to relax. But opening night, I picked against you because we thought the rookie corner on that defense was potentially going to be a problem. We didn't know how the, you know, the Rams quarterback said he felt better than he's ever felt in his life, Matthew Stafford. So we all picked against you. Then while we were watching it, we all had the same thoughts right. in our group text. What were we doing? What have we done? What are we even thinking about? Going into that game, you guys seem to pick up right where you left off last season. Is that how it feels inside the building? Oh, for sure. Now, we were ready to play. Look, man, I mean, we understand we got a good football team. We got one of the, the best quarterback in the game. Um, you know, the best pass rusher in the game. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to us on the back end, you know, that makes it easy for us. When you got a front four, we didn't blitz one time. You got four guys getting after the quarterback. We end up getting seven sacks. I mean, that's that's what you want on the back end. It's just we get to back, go back there and just kind of cherry pick and just wait for the ball to kind of come to us. So, um, you know, we it, it's a fun group of guys to be on. Uh, it's a fun group of guys to play with. And, and we work extremely hard, obviously. You know, we've been building this thing since 2017. Um, and we're, you know, we're right in our window right now. We just want to continue taking one day at a time, man. You know, Titans lost yesterday, so we know they're going to be hungry coming in next week. Um, it's a week-to-week league, so we got to continue to prepare well. Yeah, we had a great game on Thursday, but that, that don't mean shit coming in the next week. You know what I mean? So you guys have played long enough to understand that, but we do got a good football team. Yeah, hell, I'd say. Hell <laughs> now you mentioned, you mentioned your defense didn't blitz one time in that whole game, so you're getting four-man pressure that much, and you're turning the ball over three times and getting seven sacks like – how does it feel, I guess, for your defense? You're never satisfied, always on to the next one, but you guys had a dominant performance. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you just want to continue to build off of that. I mean, any time you can rush with four and get to the quarterback, I think that's the recipe to win the game any time, uh, any, any day of the week. So, 
Um, our jobs on the back end, we were just limiting their explosive plays. We understand them, uh, that Stafford liked to take shots down the field. We were just trying to limit their explosive plays, get them to blink for a half a second to get Vaughn, Jordan, Greg, just an extra second just to get there, extra half a second just to get there. And, I mean, it, and you know, credit to Frazier and obviously Sean for putting together a hell of a game plan. Um, and we just went out there and executed it. We all know week one to week 17, hell, week one to week five is going to be vastly different. But where are you guys going to change? It, it's just got to get tighter, hone in on things. What is McDermott's message to you guys this week? You know, we always talk about Kaizen. It's just continuous growth. That's the board he always puts up every single day. Um, continuous growth. You never want to be satisfied um, with with your performance. And, and you know, you just want to keep building. Um, there's, there's, We didn't play a perfect game at all. You know, obviously you want to. You want to strive for it. Yeah, you guys okay. stunk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. We saw I'm that. Saying, what the hell? I'm saying there's stuff you can get better at. You know what I mean? There's stuff that you can get better at and that you have to get better at because you know, everybody's watching tape week in and week out, and there's always stuff that you can continue to get better at. Um, and that's what we got to do, you know, just a Kaizen continuous growth. Uh, and that's what Sean has been preaching. I, I don't know. Kaizen? What are you saying? Yeah, it's Kaizen. K-A-I-Z-E-N. Honestly, I never heard of it until I heard until Sean, you know, in 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 the meeting, and it's just I, I, honestly, it just means continuous growth. And he's got a he's got a he's got a board, and it's got a line going going across the board, and there's squiggly lines going through the straight line, and you, you want to stay on the straight line, and you don't want to dip, you don't want to go high, you don't want to, you know, it's, mm. it's yeah, don't get on the roller coaster. Yeah, don't get on the roller Edge coaster. And same within the game, same within the season. It's a compound of two Japanese words. Are you talking about Kaizen? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what you're saying. I, I obviously so, I Is didn't. that my fault? Dude? It's my rising. Fault. Yeah, I mean I'd heard of that word before for sure. <laughs> it's a great word, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh you're on track, okay? Let's talk about Kaizen here real quick with you. You're on track right now to have seventeen interceptions this year. Hell yeah. Okay, seven hey, big year. Seventeen. <laughs> yeah. You're on pace for seventeen. Now if you don't, it'll be a letdown for everybody. But whenever you make a play like this, BAM! Give me that! Big dive, big play, do your thing. Uh, Fourth quarter, ice the game basically here. And all the team celebrates, do your dance, do your dance. When you make a play like that, does it make you feel good? Like, yeah, I got hands still. You know, like, is is there any of that? I got hands. I got hands. Of course, of course. I'm top three on our team for sure. No, of course, of course you are. Hey, you're proving Uh, it. No, I mean, that's, that's why you play the game. You know, that's why you love the game. It's those moments right there. You know, you work extremely hard throughout the week in the offseason. Um, and then to get rewarded, uh, you know, you make to, to make plays in the game, um, and that feeling right there—that's why we all love the game. That's why we all play the game, obviously, to win too. But there's nothing, there's no better feeling uh, than making a play, a football play in a, in a in a national football game, especially a big play like that. You know, you guys run to the end zone celebration pick—is that what you guys did? I don't know. That just became a thing, right? I don't know yeah. when that started, but everybody now I'm tired. Everybody, when somebody else gets a pick. They, everybody wants to run down to the end zone. I'm like, dang, man. We got, we got to this one? <laughs> Long way to go. This they one looks closer. Well played. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're getting old, man. And I liked you chatting what about say. You, I liked you chatting about this team being together since 2017. Mm-hmm. Like, we're in it right now. This is the expectation. I can't wait to watch you guys continue to grow somehow. Ty Schmidt, your question for Jordan Poyer. Jordan, every time you come on here, you talk about you and Micah's relationship and how you guys kind of play on a string. You've been playing together so long that you kind of, you know, it's like the left hand knows what the right hand's doing. And I, I know you talk about Kaizen and continuous growth, but like with him, how do you guys get better together as a unit when you have so much chemistry already? Like, how, is, is there even anything you guys can do to continually get better together out there? Honestly, it's really just communication. Um, it's really just 
being able to get lined up and then executing the defense that's called, you know, and it, when it, when all comes down to it, you get a, you get a call, right? And everybody's got to be on the same page for that call to be executed. And so Mike and I's job is, you know, we're watching film throughout the week to make sure that we are making the correct calls. Because then once you make the call, now it's just playing football. Now once you're lined up, now you're just playing football, trusting your instincts, you know, trusting your ability and playing football. But you get a call, you know, offenses come out in a million different formations. You got to be able to you know get the call quick you got to be able to recognize formation and make your checks and so a lot of it is throughout the week him and i just preparing throughout the week to make sure that our back seven is all on the same page it's not just mike and i it's you know our whole back seven we're always watching film together just because if one man isn't on the same page it it, it jeopardizes the entire defense and so um that's what we take pride in we want to make sure that each and every down that we're all on the same page even we always say if we're all right or if we're all wrong we're right you know even if you know, we're supposed to be Rob and we go Lee. You know, if we're all playing the same defense, Whoa. we're all right. So oh, uh, Rob Lee. Uh-oh. Rob Lee. We got, a, we got a Matt going in there. <laughs> What's going on? I'm, I'm talking ball in my head real quick. Yeah, it was cool. I felt like I was in a huddle. Hey, yeah. right? You thought I was in a huddle. Hey, hey if we're hey, all wrong, point. we're all right. If we're all wrong, hey, we're Pat, all right. Listen, Pat, you listen. Yeah, you're goddamn right. <laughs> you're goddamn right. AJ, your question. Jordan, how much of that uh, communication is pre-snap? I, I was watching the game last night. I was watching a corner. Like We had some cut splits, and I watched a corner trying to signal the other corner on the other side. It just got me thinking, like, yeah, like when you play with guys long enough, you start recognizing that in the pre-snap communication. That's something I was – that got me excited. Like, I was pumped because you could see what's going on, your preparation, all, oh, here we go. This is what we talked about all week. And then you 100%. communicate, and then when you execute, it feels great. And the confidence, right? Great. And the confidence, confidence too. Confidence, yeah. too. So, I mean, for, for example, you – you come out, the play's over. We're looking at the sideline. First thing we're trying to find is the personnel. You know what personnel are they coming out, and they come out on twelve, they come out eleven, and then from there you can kind of you can kind of break it down to certain formations that you're going to see. You obviously already know the calls that you're going to be running out of eleven or twelve. So you get a twelve personnel. You know the top three calls that Frazier is going to call out of that eleven. So we're in the huddle. You're talking to Michael like, hey, twelve personnel. You know they can come out slot. They come out pro. This is what we're doing. If if we're this, this is what we're doing. If they're that all while they're in the huddle. So then now they break the huddle, boom, we're already getting where we know the spots we got to get to. We know the checks that we got to make, you know, because you can always break it down. It's You can always break it down just based off of the personnel. You know the personnel. There's only certain formations that they can come out in, and then and then you got to make the checks from there. What has – is that Coach Frazier? Like, what, can you talk about what he has done with that D, what he does on a daily basis, and what style of coach he is? Because it sounds like y'all motherfuckers are prepared. Yo, we're prepared for sure. Uh, I mean, him and him and Sean do a hell. Of, I mean, not just them two, the whole defensive coaching staff do a hell of a job of getting us prepared, getting us understanding how offenses are trying to attack. You know, us specifically. You know, based off of what we do, and so you know, they could go out there one week and a, and the defense is, you know, maybe they're they, they're blitzing a lot more than we would have. So maybe we we don't watch that tape. We watch the tape from a game where you know it's a similar defense. This is how they attack. Ah, them. gotcha. This is the, this is the style of. A play that they they did with that with that style of defense and it's kind of similar so we're able to get kind of a feel of how they attack well you know we run a four three how they attack a four three you know or or or, or vice versa so um it is a lot and and confidence is another thing that he continues to give us just obviously just first of all for myself coming into 2017 the confidence that he's given me to be able to play in this system to be able to be a leader in this system and and to trust me in this system and I take pride in that and so does Micah and so do a lot of guys on this defense and so you know when we're out there film sudden throughout the week you know we're we're focusing we're honed in and locked in with whatever phrase got to say because 
you know, Frey's played the game, you know, for a very good football team back in the day now. So he knows he knows what he's talking about. He knows how to get us get us in the right spots to make help us make plays on the football. Yeah, you got the C on the chest too, man. That's a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, you're Appreciate you've come full circle as a human, huh? I assume you realize that on a day to day basis, like fully uh, focused. What? It's one day at a time, you know. We're always trying to get better. You know, it's one Kaizen. day at a time, but you know, I, I love it. I, I love where I'm at right now. I just want to keep being better, Kaizen. That's it. I'm gonna, yeah. I can't wait to drop that just yeah. in a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you said it like three times, right? And every yeah. time, I immediately was like, "Whoa!" whoa, whoa. Context clues. He said it. He said a word. He said it. I didn't know. I thought it was like K Y. Like yeah. kill, like an acronym. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was something. Right, yeah. I thought that's what was happening because Ibraflus's defense in Chicago is going to be uh, hard hitting, intensity, yeah. smart football, and uh, uh, terror, te- turnovers, something, yeah. something like that. Hits, hits, the hits method. Hits. I just said the hist method, and I know coaches <laughs> love those types of things. So whenever you say Kaizen, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to figure out what McDermott's saying. Turns out it's an actual word we just never fucking heard of because we're so dumb. (laughs) That is kind of how we live. Uh, Connor, your question. Remember, you do know this because you know the show. Diehard Patriot fan, Connor, with a question. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's right. We won't talk about that. Uh, (laughs) I would like to talk about those when you're mentioning confidence and everything. Does it help that you know that the guy that you practice against is better than every single quarterback that you're going to play on Sundays? Like, Does that give you more confidence, too, that – you know, maybe you guys practice and Josh Allen has a great day, but you know that the things that he can do, not everybody can, and a lot of the times that helps you out when, you know, the game comes. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I mean, like I said, he's the best quarterback in the game, but all quarterbacks and all offenses, um, they present different, different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Different Obstacles, challenges. adversity. Obstacles, right, yeah, yeah, like, like you know, Kaiser. Josh Kaiser. is going to get back there. Kaiser. <laughs> Josh can get back there. He does. He's got, he's got an arm. He can throw 80 yards, or he's got. You know, he can run it, and he can run you over. You know, certain quarterbacks. You know, other quarterbacks are going to present different. You know, Tannehill. He's going to come out there. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. He's going to boot it, and he's going to try to hit his hit his hit his receivers inside the numbers or down the field. You know, and so different challenges throughout the week, but definitely Josh prepares us. You know, f- you know, especially in the back end. You know, he's launching the ball down the field and having uh, getting giving us ability to track the ball down the field. Nobody can throw the ball as far as him, and so. Um, he definitely gives us di- different looks from um, and, and different ways that you definitely will not see on the field. Um, but I, I would say, you know, different different teams present different different challenges throughout the week. One challenge that teams are going to have whenever they're facing Josh Allen, and I don't know if you have this challenge in practice or not. If he's doing it in practice, please let us know. He put that thing on Jalen's face a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yep. he did. He did. Oh yeah, didn't he? Oh yeah, he across. Brings the team. I love him. I love it. <laughs> I, don't I, love know. It. I don't know if that's happening in practice or not, but that is an obstacle that other teams are going to have to prepare nothing. for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a moment. There's other footage that we're seeing of Josh Allen. Hey, you know, he's every interview he gives, he's the happy, you know, mm-hmm. smiling. Hey, how we doing? Have a good time. Everybody's like, oh, he's just a big kid. He jokes around all the time. He's a fucking dog, huh? Hey, he yep. is. Stone Cold Killer. The, he He's came a, to the side. He came to the sideline after I, I think he scored a touchdown. He came to the sideline. And he was flexing that. And he said, "I'm a dog." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, hey, hey, okay, let's go." That's hey, dog, bro. <laughs> hey, you need that. I, I think. That I think you need that at that position. You have to. Oh, yeah. I mean. When a guy like that, he's firing you up, man. He's making plays out there. It only levels up everybody else's plays. So 
I got to keep saying, man, we're just so so lucky to have him on our team. I guess you got to be a dog, though, whenever you're getting paid over $100 sure. million. Yeah. The entire yeah. franchise is sitting on your yeah. shoulder. Like, hey, to handle <laughs> that and get better, you got to be a fucking dog. Yeah, I love everything about it. Tony, your question for Jordan. Last one here. Jordan, you were talking about communication. And one of the big things before the game that everyone was talking about was Trey White being out and uh, the young corners. Like, did you notice yourself during the game or – or whatever, like having like, did, were you communicating more to make sure that you guys were all on the same page? Those boys were ready to play, man. Those boys, Kyir and, and CB, they came in ready to play. There wasn't really any anything I had to do extra um, out of my game or out of myself to to, to make sure that you know I, I give them the check. They knew what they're doing. You know, it, it was nothing out of the ordinary. Man. They made the plays they had to. So it was it was really cool to see. And both of them boys have been growing. This whole training camp, and I know, I know the situation between Kyrie and CB, you know, first-round pick, uh, CB, you know, but those boys, they're grinding together with each other, and, you know, they're going to continue to make our team a lot better. Would have been cool to know that before the game. Yeah. yeah. Would have been. So we were on the Bills, on the Bills, on the Bills, on the Bills, on the Bills. And then somebody came on the show. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio right. came on the show and <laughs> talked about rookie corners, you know, how's it going to go work out? And we immediately were like, oh, no. his elbow's better than that. You ain't trust Mike and I? Well, well yeah. see, that's what we Shot fucking were realizing on. while we were watching the game, okay? That's on us. We were immature at the time. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Won't happen again. Won't happen again. Well, long Never. season. A lot of times to pick the bills coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on this Tuesday. What do you got today? Anything else? Uh, nothing, man. Go get some treatment. I might go golf a little bit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nice day. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Shot 87. So merch, too. Got a clothing line. Huh? Don't you have your clothing Sweet line? That thing's shoes. still rolling, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all check oh! it out. Hey, I have to send y'all something. Okay. I have to send y'all something. Nice. How do we buy it? There it is, right there. Uh, well, it's, it's sold out right now, but I'm going to oh, have to. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit. Sorry about it's it. It's a lot. It's no a lot of this. Yeah. Sweet. But, yeah, y'all check it out. I'll send y'all some. Uh, Boyko's going to send me y'all address. I'll get y'all a box of stuff. Okay, supply chain's a problem for everybody, okay? Yeah. So <laughs> we understand. We understand completely. Enjoy your day. You said you shot an 87. You're a golfer? I'm a golfer. I try, I try. You know, I try. I uh, 87 is pretty good. 80, 87 yeah. is all right. I, my best is 80. I've never broke 80. Hit 83 times. Never broke it, though. Today. Are you a bomber? Yeah, what are you? You got, what are you? Uh, 300, 310. Jeez, right. play. You know, it'll play. You know, I just, my, my short game is, it's tough right now. Yeah, you got to work on that. You got to work on that. That's yeah. a, this guy they, that's sitting on the other, on the screen with us, 380, 390 drives. No shit. That barbarian. I'm not Timmy Tebow. That's the the (laughs) bro. That's that's crazy, though. Dude. Goodness. Jordan, we were out of Tahoe at that American Century Championship. Yes. Whoever's listening, I'm trying to play in that one these days. Go ahead. Yes, you should. Make a Pro Bowl, maybe, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do something. He's a spectacle to watch drive. He swings out of his, actually out of his shoes every time. Dead straight. It's like a home run every single time. I got to go YouTube this now. I yes. Wild. All right. We appreciate you. Have a great day. Good luck in a golf Thanks, game. You're boys. breaking appreciate 80 today. Jordan Poyer. Yeah. And anytime we start talking about plays and games and outcomes and situations, sure. we know the football season is back, but it isn't until the first Tuesday of the season, AJ, that we get a real chance to dive deeper into the weeds. Ain't that right, AJ? That is correct. 
For the last two years, we've had the opportunity to ride alongside a man on back-to-back MVP campaigns. Mm -hmm. For the last two years, we got to introduce somebody to the world. Although they had heard his name, they had seen him play, but they did not know who he was as a human. For the last two years, we had the opportunity to display this alien, this anomaly, this one-of-one in a way that we will all be very thankful for for years to come. Ladies and gentlemen, the back-to-back MVP of the NFL, the host of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, number 12 in Green Bay with a new haircut, Aaron Rodgers. Great shirt. Great, great shirt, AJ, or Aaron, great shirt. Thanks, Pat. We're all Mustangs here, aren't we? We're all Goddamn yeah. right we are. We're all Hell Mustangs yeah. here. Seth Connor. Seth Connor. Not Connor. true. Connor's not, not, true. not a Mustang. Go plump. Hey, let's go Mustangs! 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 Hey, you had that water last week. What is it? I assume that water tastes better than the water that I'm drinking right now. This is uh, raw, Nam Hom coconut water. Ooh. Is that ayahuasca? Right from the... <laughs> <laughs> Microdosing? No, it's uh, it's right from the source, made in uh, made in Thailand, and uh, pretty incredible. It's a new product I just found, so checking it out. Staying hey. hydrated, bro. You know how we do it. Hey, you're damn right. I'm with you. Now, this one's from Fiji. Yours is from Thailand. I'd assume your water is better, but I appreciate the hell out of you for joining us. Let's dive into it. How is the mindset? Last year, pretty similar start. I think this isn't a new feeling uh, after week one, trying to ha- figure some things out. How are you here on this Tuesday? Have you moved past the Vikings game already? Well, yeah, Pat, you got to. It's, it's Tuesday already. We're already in our next uh, preparation. That's the beauty and the curse sometimes of of our sport. You know, it's fun to reminisce and stew over a big-time win where you ball out and have a great performance. And it's nice sometimes to be able to move past a disappointing uh, loss in the first game of the year. Now, like I said after the game, you know, definitely an improvement over last year. We scored seven as opposed to three. So Hell, yeah. A lot of things to build on. Uh, but that game was, you know, a couple plays from being uh, really tight. And that's the beauty of the NFL and the frustrating part. You know, we had a chance in the first play of the game to have a 75-yard touchdown. We had a chance on the goal line a couple different times to punch it in and score. And, you know, that game would have looked a lot different, obviously. And that's the, that's that game you don't like playing, but coaches like you because you got a lot to correct on Monday. I can imagine. Hey, what was it like? What, what was their defense doing, I guess, that – that I guess may have frustrated you guys, or at least they seemed like they were covering everybody and they were getting a ton of pressure on you. Is that just normal Vikings D? Well, they got a good front, obviously, with uh, with Z and, and Hunter. You know, they got two premier pass rushers, uh, and they got some good push up the middle. They played some different coverage on the back end. Uh, Harrison was really flying around on my eyes, and, and uh, there were some things we just didn't expect. Uh, leverages mostly, I think, on the slot for a lot of different plays. There were some guys... Uh, you know, left open at times um, that we got to. Some we couldn't get to comes to the pressure. Uh, but overall, you know, they played pretty pretty solid. They didn't bring a lot of pressure. They think pressured, uh, you know, maybe two or three times the entire game. So they played a lot of a lot of shell coverage, a little bit of one high here and there, sprinkle in, but a lot of quarter quarter half stuff and stuff that we expected to see. We've seen from our own defense in practice. But when you got a good pass rush and you can cover on the back end, that's a good recipe for shutting the team down. Going into the game, you know that Bach and Jenkins aren't going to play? Or is that kind of game-time decision and takes you off guard there? Because how 
Do you know you know they have a good pass rush, and you're without now Bach for a season now at this point, all pro guy. I mean, that's going to be difficult to replace regardless, let alone who knows when he's going to be back. Do you know going into the game that's the case, going into the week that's the case, and can that ever enter your mind? How do you block that out? Well, like most of the time we know by Friday if a guy's going to play or not. There's certain players, and I kind of fall in that category, that can not practice all week and then play on Sunday, and you expect them to be out there and, and playing well. Every now and then a guy won't practice and maybe do some stuff on Saturday and go out and play, but for the most part, the guy doesn't practice uh, during the week and definitely practice on Friday. There's not a high expectation of them playing. So we had a pretty good idea that, that both Elton and, and Dave weren't going to play uh, starting the week, but you know they had the chance to get out there and see how they felt, and they weren't ready to go. And Allen pushed it hard to come back, and, and it just wasn't ready either. So you know, down those three didn't help, but I felt like the line overall played pretty good up front. We ran the ball really well. We just didn't get enough attempts. I think we had 18 attempts for 100 yards. Um, just got to find ways to keep in the ball to 28 and 33 more. Uh, but I think it's a good learning experience for us. You hate it to, for that to happen in an L. Uh, learning experiences and wins are a lot more fun. But, uh, you know, I'm sure there's overreaction Monday. The first Monday of the whole football season, you know, after the, the games have happened, it's, I'm sure, a really fun time for all uh, media types because you can uh, write a team off, you can crown a team, you can make you know some wide sweeping uh, decisions about certain teams or players or sides of the ball, and yeah, you know, we're just getting back to work and and hoping to, to put a little better product on the field this Sunday. Now, I don't know if it's been since the ayahuasca trip a few years back that made you change your mindset about football and life as a whole. You seem to be very comfortable, confident, and content in what this team is going to become. Uh, you said that after the game, you're like growing pains and everything like that. Young squad around you. We saw that literally on the first play. You already referenced it. I mean, hey, you... I mean, that was a, in a bucket with a brand new guy on a go route. What do you say to him since the game has happened? Because you're going to need him, right? I mean, you're going to need him. And it feels like you are very comfortable with where all these guys are in their development and what next week's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, it's not much to say to, to Christian after that one. That was obviously, uh, you know, a great route by him. And I was teasing Pat P after the game, how we got him on the first play. And he, you know, he said, I wasn't quite warmed up yet. You know, that's... <laughs> That was I like the call. We talked about it basically from Thursday on, starting the game with that play. And, you know, I, in so many words, unless the coverage was something else, I expected the ball to go to Christian. And so we talked about uh, that and the type of route he wanted to run and the fact that he could score on his first play as a Packer. Uh, so there's a lot of things that kind of lined up there really nice. But, uh, but look, there's not much to say there. You know, Drops are going to happen. They suck more when it's a when it would have been a walk-in touchdown. But the ones that are most frustrating are the mental mistakes, and we made way too many of those on Sunday, and that's what we got to clean up. There's going to be drops. You hope not for a touchdown again, but or at least not a bomb touchdown. But uh, but it's the mental mistakes we really got to clear up. There was a lot from a lot of people, and. What do you mean? You know, What's the, yeah, can you yeah. give examples for people that don't know what that means? And is this what you were motherfucking about on the bench? Yeah, give Tom a Probably. break. Probably. Probably, yeah. Okay. Probably. <laughs> they were zoomed in real tight. I heard uh, – oh, yeah. I, I, I couldn't – I could hear a couple of the words, it's, it felt like. <laughs> but there was a lot of this, a lot of this, and it was fucking every time this. Is that what you're talking about? Is that the frustrating thing? And what are some of those things, if you could expand upon? 
Well, I think it goes into the why, which is the most important thing in football and often in life. It's understanding the why. Here we go. So we have a play, right? And you you install it and you talk about it. That's paper football, right? To go into it, the next level before you get onto the field is the the understand the concept of why. What are we trying to accomplish with this play, and how does that affect my specific role on that play? That is the why part. Why we're running this play. So it might be because of certain coverage. It might be because of a certain matchup. It might be because of a certain adjustment you're expected to run on a certain play. I mean, that's what we just need to clean up a little bit, um, just the why parts. We can't have a bunch of, uh, you know, robotic things going on out there. We need guys to be able to react in real time and, and to make adjustments on the fly. And some of that is, you know, experience for sure. And some of that is just is in the preparation, it's not just understanding what you need to do, but why you need to do what you're doing, and then what to expect, which will change what is drawn on the paper to what actually needs to show up in live time in the game. So, you know, again, that's why we have to have patience. A lot of these guys have not played a ton of football, and and really it's not something that could have been figured out in training camp or some off-season throwing session. These are live rep things with the pressure of a regular season game with the pressure of it counting uh that they have mistakes they have to make and there's things that have happened in practice that we've corrected um but it all comes down to in the moment can we make the right adjustment can we think quickly uh but have a slow mind can we play fast but be under control and that's why i'm not too worried about it i, I you know I, there's a lot of talent on our side of the ball we just gotta execute a little bit better. If 10 guys are doing it right on one play, sometimes it's that one person uh, who screws it up, and it could be me. They could they could totally run a play. Hey, you, you mentioned that, though. Would you, could you have gotten any of that experience in the preseason? I know you mentioned regular season because you knew that question was probably coming or they already asked you in the locker room, but if you would have got some reps in the preseason, would that have helped? I would assume that's what they're asking you. Look, a lot of this stuff is – is team specific you know it's look specific it's against first team players who are running uh, intricate schemes the preseason is a lot of one high man and one high zone and two high man it's it's very basic coverages there's very few pressures most coaches will talk to each other you know, during the week before the lead-up of the game and ask for certain things or ask not for certain things or say who's playing or who's not playing and are you going to bring any pressure or not pressure. And for the most part, there's very few, you know, real football scenarios that happen that you can't get outside of a practice. Um, the only thing is that there's more people watching those preseason games. Other than that, the practice reps are the most important because you're going against a number one defense when it's the ones-on-ones. And they're playing intricate coverages and, and schemes and trying things, and you have to react in real time. So those are the most important reps. The preseason just to see if anything changes when the lights go off for certain players. But, you know, like I, that's why I said we're going to be a work in progress. I said it before the season. I said it uh, after yep. the game. We have to have patience with these guys, uh, all the guys, not just the young players, but all the guys because – there's uh, there's an adjustment with the way things were doing. Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick actually said uh, preseason games nobody's showing anybody shit. He actually said it like last oh, week. Yeah. He mm-hmm. said nobody's showing anybody anything. All the cards are on the table week one. The cards it seemed like that the Vikings were putting on the table were fucking good. 
And I know you've been in the NFC North for a long time, and the Vikings have looked at the Green Bay Packers for a long time as the team that has gotten in their way. They probably had a couple good squads that could have won on runs, but the big bad wolf was in the NFC North in that frozen ton in Wisconsin, which is Hell you. Yeah. How, what did you see from that team? I mean, it looked like their defense was able to get pressure. Offensively, Justin Jefferson, and you said it afterwards, hey, man, couldn't help but pay your respects, I feel like, to how he played and what he did. Did you notice anything different about that team with Kevin O'Connell's leadership over there? Well, I'm happy for Kevin. Kevin used to be a workout buddy of mine in San Diego years and years ago. Um, as as a as young as young players, uh, we worked out in in, uh, in a gym out there. You're so old, bro. That guy's a head coach now <laughs> in your division. You're old ass, bro. Old. Uh, I'm happy for him though. He's been some different places and done a great job, and and he obviously has the charisma to lead a team and. The, and the intelligence to come up with uh, with good schemes. They're obviously running a similar offense that we run. I'll tell you what I told Justin after the game. I said he was the best player on the field, and uh, I meant it. I didn't say it tongue-in-cheek. I've been a fan of his since I watched him in college, and he's a dynamic player who is an excellent route runner. I'm sure, as any good player should do and would do, he's probably watched the best his position over the last couple of years, and that would be probably Devontae Adams. Hell yeah. A lot of his release stuff looks pretty similar to 17. And, uh, you know, he was the difference maker, I think, for the entire game. And Kirk's very steady at quarterback and did a nice job. It uh, looked like getting him in the right stuff and, and making uh, the plays that were there to make. But uh, but Justin obviously was different in the game. Yeah, this is a cool moment. Everything you say and do is going to get recorded. So I assume Justin was happy to hear that from OG legend. Aaron Rodgers, and it was real watching it. Kevin O'Connell allegedly going to be putting him in the Cooper Cup role. I'm excited to see what he does. That could be a problem in the MC North. Hey, <laughs> I know there's going to be a learning curve, but I think over there, they're ready to go right now. Ty, your question for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, glad to see you're in good spirits today. You know, everyone, uh, like last year, is going to write you guys' obituary today and this week, so that'll be fun to revisit later in the year. But uh, I also, I did love seeing you, you know, out there lead blocking like Ronnie Bass lowering a shoulder, yeah, yeah. nearly fucking decapitating Big Z. Uh, but you also, you got banged up pretty good. There was, later in the game, they are showing you on, on the bench getting your, you know, neck massage. How's the body feeling today? You feeling okay going into next week? I feel like I just played a game. It's been, been about eight months, so it's good to, good to feel some contact again. I will say, we were talking last night, a couple of buddies, about the uh, the best football movies of all time. And I brought up how it's amazing that, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right here. Yeah. He pulled yeah, off right there. You, that you. one right there. Fuck right. you. You said three times. That was awesome. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. A better athlete probably would have stayed up there. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a big dude, bro. But we were yeah. talking about it. Remember the Titans. One of the best plays is sunshine. You know, block he flat back like four guys on uh, on refs touchdown run. Yep, to win the state title. One of the greatest uh, blocking displays ever, any position. Um, but yeah, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I'll be, I'll be fine. Nate, Nate gave me a nice little little neck massage there on the sidelines for a second, but uh, yeah, you know, every week is like a car crash. Uh, could be you know big pile up, or it could be just a little. Fender bender when you run your car into the, you know, median or something on accident, but uh, seemed a little. Not, I mean, I think AJ's probably done that before. I was about to say that oh, seems oh, like a situation yeah. that has actually happened. wakes him up. Yeah, that's, if he wants to 
Steve, he wants to share that story at some point. But, uh, but oh, no, I, AJ I crashed into a median. Never would have guessed. Huh. Never would have guessed. This guy's a menace to our roads, Aaron, this guy. He's a menace to a lot of things. <laughs> uh, just He's just lucky he's got a great woman kind of dressing him in the mornings, making sure he showers, brushes his teeth, oh, yeah. you know, eats more than eats more than eggs and chicken in the day. So. Yeah. Aaron, why is everybody going shotgun on the one-yard line? What's the deal? <laughs> you agree? Well, there's this – for years, it was always uh, big personnel, right? It's 23 personnel. And you got in your goal line packages, and you had your specific plays. And then a lot of people went away from it and just kind of took goal line out altogether. We don't even really have uh, 23 plays in the plan. We have some 12 plays and some 13 plays, but but no 23 plays. I'm talking about personnel here, so two backs, three tight ends. Uh, it's just not many people. There, there's Especially this offense, and this offense is now at seven or eight, nine, I don't know, ten teams maybe. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, goal line emphasis in this offense. A lot of a lot of teams like to stay in eleven and do some things and to have some success. And and uh, you know when it when it goes well, everybody's like, yeah, why would you ever put in big personnel in the game? And when it, you know when you get stuffed on the one or a guy fumbles like uh, like last night, people are probably wondering why the heck you don't have big personnel. And that's and that's the beauty of the media. They can they can take whatever side they want. Have you talked to Hackett since last night? He's taking it on the shins right now about the whole timeout, 64-yarder at the end. If McManus, who is an incredible kicker, I'm a big fan of with a big leg, he makes that kick and they have less time on the clock after the kickoff to get back into field goal range, he looks like a genius. But since it was a 64-yarder and the chances are low and he misses, he looks like an idiot. I guess that's just the NFL and Hackett knows that that's what comes with the territory of being a head coach, you think, or what? Yeah, he's got real thick skin. I'm not worried about Hack at all. I, I was texting with him before our game, and then, and then uh, during the day yesterday. And I love him. He's a great, great man, great coach. Um, I thought once they took it down, that the right thing to do was the kick. If they had called timeout right away, obviously the the, the idea would have been to go for it there. It was kind of that tweener there on what the thirty six. No, 46. 46, yeah, 46-yard line. I mean, McManus got two kicks at it, too. Yeah. You know, he got the he got the pre-timeout one that he missed a little left, and he adjusted uh, slightly and still missed it. It looked like it was long enough, though. They didn't have that graphic uh, where you can see if it would have made it from whatever, but it looked like it was long enough, just missed a little bit left. And, again, that's what they can do. You know, he, go, he decides to go, you know, to, to kick it. He makes it. You know, great decision. There's only 15 seconds left on the clock. You know, he misses it. Oh, why'd you take the ball out of you know Russell's hands and blah blah blah. So that's the way it goes. You got to be, you got to stick to your guns and and believe in what you're doing. Um, you know, Mason's got a big leg. I don't think he has 64. So in that situation, we probably would have burned a timeout right away with about 50 seconds and uh, and gone for it. Now, I assume this is all situations are situational and it can be figured out. They could go hard count timeout there, right? You can go hard count. It's fourth and five. Steal five there if you want. Everybody kind of knows, though. Does hard counts ever work? Yeah, hard counts can work. No, no. Yours are always – you You fucking kill people. But, like, on the fourth and five, everybody on the defense is like water, water, right? Like, everybody is basically yeah, – Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes, and it's still – first of all, it would be a hard count, right? 
because they're on the road. Uh, so playing in Seattle. So it would be silent count. And their silent count is guard tap. Um, and guard tap, there's pluses and, and minuses to each uh, decision making. So we do uh, foot, right? So I, I raise my foot up and down. Josh looks under, looks up, snaps the ball. Um, the disadvantage of that is that he has to rely on his guards to tell him, you know, where the uh, where the turn is going to, where the guys are at, who's walking around, all that stuff. And his first look is he's already snapped it, then he's got to get the picture right. For the guard tab, it's allowing the center to have his eyes down the field the whole time. The only drawback is, in my opinion, it's much harder to ever get anybody to jump on guard tap because there's such a rhythm to it. And it's um, it's a little bit slower where the center up and down is so rhythmic that if you get a guy into a rhythm every now and then you can get somebody to jump in a certain situation. You do what? You, yours is tones, all your hard counts at home. It's Isn't that what it is? It's like uh, rhythm, tone. It's hard to pick up, but once you have it, it's a complete weapon. Does anybody else do what you do? Well, I like Pat's. Uh, Pat has a number of cadences that he rolls through uh, in Kansas City, and they do a bunch of different things with uh, with second and third uh, uh, cadences uh, and quick cadences. It's, it's having a good mix of, of all of it. You know, it's the the times to get him to jump off sides is when you feel like there's a rhythm to it. Maybe you've gone on the same count um, eighty or ninety percent of the time of the last you know maybe ten or fifteen plays, and you change up the count significantly but uh it's a weapon because it doesn't allow the defense to really fire off the ball and that's what obviously you know you're playing in seattle or a loud loud environment much easier for those guys to be able to get a jump on the snap count because it's obviously going to be a little bit uh just a tick off for the tackles especially getting off the ball but at home you know it's, it's it can be a weapon uh draw them off sides if they decide to jump or making sure that they're, you know, just a tick late, making sure that ball snapped first so we're actually getting a slight advantage on the count. I used to do that for field goal snaps, no big deal. You know, we're going on four this time. All right, let's go. Let's show four on film on an extra point so that the other team sees that, hey, this could be on four. Then all the big guys, the offensive linemen, hate it in practice. Fucking hate it. But in the game, nobody's coming. So it's like a, a gift and a curse. you got to have everybody on the same page there. With the movable offensive linemen that you have happening – can you be as aggressive with it whenever it's a new crew each week, it seems like? Well, you got to. You got to. You got to hold them to the standard. You know, I mean, obviously it's about about making sure you get that ball snap with everybody on, on the same page. But you got to hold them to the standard. And that's why in practice we're always mixing with it. I mean, it's it's very, very rare, if ever, that, you know, any back-to-back plays are on the same cadence. So we're always mixing it up, and we have a number of cadences. Uh, I don't need to go through them all, but we yeah, have a here. number of a number of different cadences that we can. We you get different color. numbers and colors you use. Uh, the colors and numbers is the snap point within those colors and numbers that can change from time to time. Jesus! Wow. So you're Did you take the color number from Brett? <laughs> I adjusted uh, his color number, but I use the same colors. Yes, green and blue. Green nineteen. Is that what you? What is yours? Green nineteen. In blue nineteen. Blue fifty eight. Oh, because the L in blue there and the R in blue green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we figuring it out? Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> this is competitive advantage. That's why people Joe Kane used blue 80. Who? I think. Joe, Joe Kane, Kane from the program. But I don't know. I'm not 100% L sure. Pro. I'll check. 
I can promise you the colors in no way are related to direction. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's what somebody zero, would say if it zero, was, by the way. That's zero what... correlation. Hey, you cut your hair, you look awesome. What made you do that? <laughs> Why, at what point, was there a, a certain moment where you're like, you know what? Time to get the A.J. Hawk and turn into a fucking sex <laughs> magnet. Is that yeah. what it was? Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? I couldn't make it to super cuts like A.J., but... <laughs> Sports clips. Sorry, sports clips, my bad. Hey, we almost had a deal with MVP the, treatment. We almost yeah. had a deal with sports No, I never clips. get the massage. Well, that was the problem. Yeah. Come on. AJ, AJ wouldn't get the MVP the treatment. Fool. So the answer, guys. What massage is that, AJ? What's that? Which massage is it? The MVP treatment at sport clips. I do not do that. It's extra money. I just get the quick cut, but you can continue with your answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> the one... This type of, type of massage or different one? Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Get your head out of the gutter. Two cents. Jeez. No, I meant like you're drinking coconut water, you get your feet rubbed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Exactly. Sounds amazing. Exactly. Sure. I don't know if that's what the MVP thing is, but <laughs> AJ refused to get it, so we couldn't make a deal with sports clips. So you tell me about it, Aaron. That's what this fucking guy is like. It's a menace. No, I, I yeah, but I definitely I've seen AJ rock a similar hairstyle for a long time and always enjoyed it. Uh, Tim Odie, you know Tim. Yes. Tim has always been the stylish one in the equipment room, and he has a beautiful quaff that looks very similar, just a little more gray uh, than mine. But I think when I saw my picture from the uh, NFL Honors, I said, "Whew." Might be time to. Was it the suit or the hair? Point, right. So after I did all my hippie shit after that, I, <laughs> okay, at some point I'm gonna cut this. It just finally came came to be, you know, last Friday. Wait, hold on. weren't you in the middle of a poncha karma puking shit routine in the middle of that NFL honors while you were wearing that full cowboy? John Wayne tan suit with the hair flowing. Is that the picture you saw? You should have judged yourself in there. Listen, I don't know where you're getting your information about Panchakarma, but there's no puking in Panchakarma. No, I heard Attic Basement, same damn time. That's how you get the evil spirits out. That's what I heard. Get the evil out of it. Ayahuasca, that can happen, yes. Oh, thank you. But not Panchakarma. We're we're crossing streams here, okay? Let's uh, let's, let's get get our info right. (laughs) All right, so uh, you decided to cut the hair after all the hippie stuff. The hippie stuff was obviously a topic of conversation for everybody in their life. How has the drawback been with the teammates? Did everybody come up to you and be like, hey, what's ayahuasca like? I, or did everybody – has your offseason been topic of conversation with your younger teammates at all, and how has that been? Oh, man, it's been, it's been interesting to hear from so many different guys across the league, uh, people – uh, men and women and, uh, that I know or that I don't know reached out and asked questions about it. Um, people from my past, uh, acquaintances, friends, close friends who didn't understand it or wanted to learn more about it. Uh, and then teammates, too. A lot of teammates pulled me aside and asked me about it, interested in it, wanted to know more about it, wanted to know more about my experience with it. So it's been it's been fun. Made for some interesting uh you know, cafeteria conversations and, um, you know, anytime you can share some information like that, I think it's always a good thing. And I've, you know, been on some, some fun, uh, you know, I got to do Rogan's podcast finally, you know, got to be on with Aubrey, which was amazing. I just talked to Bill Maher, had a nice conversation with Bill. Uh, so it's been, it's been fun. Kind of the people that have come into my sphere, both, 
not just through you know the ayahuasca sharing, but also through the uh, uh, dealing with COVID last year. Yeah, uh, it's uh, been uh, it's been quite a year. We're talking about the uh, the shot you finally got on the Sunday conversation with Caleb Presley. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, fake. Fake. What? Oh, what? Excuse me. What? I was what? in the room. I was in the room. I thought it was room where it happened. <laughs> I wasn't even allowed. To, I wasn't even allowed to say like, "Hey, I just watched Caleb Presley yeah. vaccinate Aaron Rodgers." I was told directly I wasn't allowed to say that because it was that was not real. Didn't, didn't AJ come on and say it like uh, that? I was vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, AJ, we have any big news to break in the next hour? He goes, Aaron's vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> that was just on a random fucking Wednesday. Uh-huh. What do you remember that? Oh yeah, the off season. Yeah. Yeah, it was that's what, yeah, that's classic AJ. Yeah, just a wild card. I read the text wrong. I'm sorry. Hey, have you gotten back into your full season routine? And has that been anything? Have you just picked up right where you left off every single year? Whenever you show back up for the season, are you having fun? Well, I think it adjusts. It definitely adjusts every year. You, you, you know, in the off season, I like to sit down and and uh, write down, think about what worked, what didn't work. Kind of like an end of the season review for myself and what I want to change. So it's going back and revisiting some of those ideas and thoughts, and then. Adjusting. That's what I did the kind of the week off before the season started was look at my each day and, and how do I want each day to, to go? Uh, what, what are the important things I need to get done? Uh, where's time for just relaxation and turning my mind off? Um, and then, you know, what do I want to add to my uh, routine? What kind of doesn't really work? And then just figure it out to where. I'm feeling my best each week, and and the you know there's been some adjustments with it, but for the most part it's pretty similar. Uh, just kind of plan my week around this, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, basically. Well, we're happy to hear that, and thankful you showed up today because, you know, a lot of people on the internet that weren't privy to seasons one and two of this particular Tuesday program that happens. Aaron ain't coming. No. Aaron ain't showing up after that Vikings game. It's like he sits. In an incredibly comfortable chair in his house, in the pocket, in the fire, in the Thunderdome, every Tuesday regardless. And this is another one of those where we can't thank you enough. Connor has a question for you, Aaron. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Aaron, last year Kirk Cousins said, if I die, I die. Did you guys meet at midfield and kind of, you know, give each other a fist bump and congratulate each other on making it past COVID? (laughs) Uh, No, no. I... I respect Kirk a lot. I've played against him a number of times now over the years and and also respect his right to have an opinion about his, his own health and to make a decision which oh, he really? feels the best interest. Uh, and there's zero judgment at all uh, with him or anybody else who decides to make their own decisions. But really? um, I, I, for whatever reason, that just reminds me of <laughs> that fake quote that was out there about how close me and Kirk are spending time together in the offseason. <laughs> The internet's awesome right now. Fake yeah. quotes are going more than they've ever gone in the past. Oh, yeah. Actual, yeah, actual accounts are getting got. That's not what happened. Like, I like Kirk a lot. I think he's a super, super nice guy, very good player. But I haven't spent a lot of time with him off the field over the years. But, um, but no, we both made it through the winter of death, uh, thankfully. And uh, good, to see, uh, good to see us both still out there. Maybe you guys do ayahuasca together. You and Kirk, Ooh, sweet. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Go ahead, AJ. Aaron, I heard you on Club Random with Bill Maher. You told him that you're a throwback player. You know, you're, you're one strap, chin strap, no uh, no mouthpiece, like weird baggy pants, your big high tops, and your socks straight out of the, the box that they give you so you look like the guy in the poster. You mentioned you, you got to see Brett Favre. 
did Brett tell you all these things to do to like to be a tough guy, or did you just watch and absorb it? <laughs> what's so fuck? That's what you <laughs> said. <man. I> <laughs> Darren, what's wrong with this guy? Dude? I just listened. Bill Maher was smoking dope. Going. I just listened to it. Bro, Maher smoking dope. What? He was. He was. All yeah. right. It's Bill. legal. Legal in California. Um, it's not legal. Uh, I don't know, age. Is that a real question? The only <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. serious though. You okay? You got smashed by one play. Brett, Brett had like 300,000 straight starts, right? Never missed a start, and he wore a single chin strap. Didn't wear rib pads. Uh, what? Didn't wear a mouthpiece. What? Right? So I was like, all right, that's a standard. And then I always had bad ankles going back to high school, and for those three years as a backup, I never taped my ankles. Part of it was I'm like, well, shit, I ain't going on the game. <laughs> the other part was like. After the first year, I was like, man, my ankles feel so much better. When I roll them now or have a slight, you know, have a slight roll, I don't have, there's no issues. You know, it doesn't swell up, doesn't bother me. And I realized that the less I was taping them, the more it was taking pressure ah. off of my knee. Because, you know, basic uh, science and a basic science. Yeah, I even use those two words in the same sentence. But um, well, you, when you lock up. You. When you lock up one joint, right, the pressure uh, goes to the next joint, either up or down. So you lock up the ankle, there's naturally a little more pressure, structural pressure that uh, that goes to the knee. Um, and so having a bad knee for so long since I was in high school, I felt like, and maybe this was just a placebo effect, which is very powerful as well, but I felt like... Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> God, I miss this show, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's good to be back. It's great to have you. I felt like I was taking pressure off of my knee if I was if I had ankles that were stronger, and I got them stronger than not taping my ankles. So it was against kind of conventional wisdom, you know. As a as a young basketball player, I was always you, know, you got to have your ankle braces, you got to tape your ankles. Um, and the less I taped my ankles, the stronger they got. The stronger they got, the less you know pressure and and. Uh, yeah, pain was going to my knee, and my overall leg health improved. So, so you had to take the rope off like your Batman in that cave. That's right. Yeah, you know what I mean. You got to, yeah. you got to rise. Really, yeah, you got to rise. You got to mm-hmm. take the rope off. It's holding you back a little bit. The, the tape on the ankles was holding back the rest of your body. Yes, I'm happy we learned that. Look at us, bub. Um, rest of the week, we're working hard. We're we're chatting up the teammates. We're having dinner. What does this week look like uh, as we go forward with a new group of people? Well, COVID is over, uh, supposedly. So is it? Thursday, what? Thursday, I'm back to being invited to the. Uh, we're gonna have O-line dinners again. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Okay, we beat COVID and O-line dinners are back. Yeah. Yeah. All right, look at us, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. So we had one last week. It was lovely. We had a good time. Everybody showed up. So look forward to that on Thursday. On Friday, I believe there's some sort of concert in town. Um, Who? The Killers? Nickelback? I wish. They were in Austin this past week when I was down there. I found out late. Ozzy Osbourne? Is it patient number nine? Is it Bob Ritchie? Who is it? Rush Center, look it up, Z. Z, look up who it is. There's a reason he's not telling us. You're definitely going to this concert? He's going on stage. I don't remember exactly who it is, but I think I'm... Dixie uh, Chicks. Ooh. No, it's just, just the chicks. Just the chicks now. Oh, and, and they're, Look and at us. We all know. Look at <laughs> us. I didn't know. Oh, oh clearly. Yeah. It's, it's Luke Combs, I think. <laughs> Long name! 
guy's cold beard never broke my heart. Fucking love that guy. Yeah. All right, enjoy the hell out of your week. We appreciate you so much. We'll start the book club next week. Once we get the $100,000 donations figured out this week, you're the best. Can't wait to see what the Packers look like for the rest of the season. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, I'm Sunday Night Football, boys. Hell yeah. Bird on, bird on. Been Fair waiting week. all day for a Sunday night. Scott. <laughs> My gang, What's... Chris. Stir of a fire. Aaron's on drugs. The <laughs> I hope they add that in. They will. They remix every week. You know? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they wrote the song before or after the ayahuasca news drop. You know what I mean? I noticed that, I believe it was Thursday night, first game of the year, Collinsworth didn't slide in. You think that's what happened to his voice? They fucking. because oh. he didn't slide in. Did he address it at all? The football, yeah, he did. The oh, slide yeah. or the dress? His voice. <laughs> so the slide was not addressed. His voice was. Tariko said, This man's done three things in three yeah. days. Travel got the best of him. I think allergies are hitting everybody. Last week, and I felt for Chris Collinsworth, because whenever you have a profession that has a microphone and speaking, and you have no idea if your next word is going to be heard or not in the middle of a sentence, that is a tough mental battle to get through. I think at halftime and during commercial breaks, they were giving him some shit. He sounded better and better. But then as he got a little bit more tired, it kind of broke up. Allergies, I think, are hitting everybody right now. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Last week, I was having a problem. Had to take it up, a nasal octave, which right. normally I'm nasal. I had to go up a little bit higher so the, vo- the vocal cords would maybe show up for me. There was a couple conversations I was having, though, on college game day where I was like, oh, the next thing that comes out of my mouth is not going to be heard. No. And I had to wrap up the sentence quickly. So I felt for Collinsworth there. He sounded fucking terrible. I can't wait for him to be back because I don't think people were listening to what he was saying. Mm-hmm. They were just talking about how he was saying it. And Chris is still Chris. We got to remember that. I assume Cincinnati weather probably somewhat similar to what we've had here. All this goddamn rain, the ragweed count is so high. Yeah. I mean, I, what do you want him to do? There ain't no ragweed over in Green Bay right now. Aaron no. looks very comfortable. He does. Does he? He looked very comfortable. Like, yeah, it's growing pains. We talked about this. We'd obviously want to win instead of a loss with it. But we'll move on. In the, uh, It sounds like just kind of waiting for it to click for some guys. And once that happens, it doesn't seem like he's worried at all about a drop-off. No, definitely not. And I think to your point, like we've kind of been talking about, like, the Vikings aren't some also ran. Like, they have the chance to be very good this year. Like, we might look at this game in three months and be like, oh, shit. Like, okay, the the Vikings are for real. They're very, very good. So I don't think the panic level is high at all. Again, like I said, if they lay an egg against the Bears on Sunday night, I think people will kind of be like, whoa, what's going on? Are these receivers going to be able to figure it out? But I don't think any Packers fan is really that worried about that. Bears are undefeated. Packers completely defeated going into Sunday night football. Gito's <laughs> happy. He had stake, uh, victory stake. Stakes. The gout didn't show up. Life is good for Bears fans. Uh, let's get to a break. Let's do. Let's take five. We'll be let's back with five. some phone five. calls. And five. Take five. 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 Big thanks to Aaron Rodgers for joining us and for everybody that's watching. We're going to take five, take some phone calls, probably do a giveaway because it's the first Aaron Rodgers Tuesday of the season. Woo. Have to do that. We'll see you in about five minutes wrapping up this glorious September 13th, 2022 show. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Dan in Connecticut. Lovely place here on the Five Energy phone line. What's going on, Dan? Oh, what's up, Pat McAfee? Dan, you are too young to listen to this show. I can tell through. I think. How old? I'm not Dan. I am Owen. Matt. Owen, how old are you? He's so different. I am eight and a half. Oh, hey, eight and a half. If you're okay. telling us you're half age, you're too young to be listening. That's a record. <laughs> <It stinks>. Wait. 
What's on your mind, pal? What do you want to talk about, Owen? Um, I want to talk about how inspiring this show is and how you're inspiring this whole entire world with how you're talking about sports and how you're talking about your life experience. Thank you, Owen. Owen, thank you. Love you, Owen. Thank you, Owen. I'm taking one. And also, fuck Boston. I want to let Owen know. If you're still listening, Owen. Kiss you're inspiring. You. Best kid ever. Owen, the way you talk about sports is inspiring. Yes. yes. I, I didn't know eight and a half oh. to do that. Is wow. That, shout out, Owen. Me. That time. Go on. Yeah. Hey, Owen. New generation in Connecticut, I guess. He's making me feel good, too, by the way. He's yeah. making me feel yeah. good, making the show feel good. He was talking us up. He was hyping us up, and then boom. Yeah. A little, was this Aristotle's brother? A little misdirection from Aristotle's <laughs> yeah. brother, Owen, eight yeah. and a half there. That was I'd, awesome. I'd say he put his balls on your forehead, but I don't think they dropped yet. So. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Coach Mike Tomlin. Oh, man, Pat, it's an honor to be on with you, man. Thanks for having me. You're a legend. Thank you for putting me through my workout and having the scouts actually come watch me kick at West Virginia. I don't think I've ever fully thanked you for that moment, Coach. No, man, I've drank the the McAfee Kool-Aid for a long time. Uh, (laughs) Let's get right into it. The locker room culture changed completely when I was in elite, from when I was a rookie to when I was done, and I retired after the 2016 season. Now it's even more different, I would assume, from when you came into Pittsburgh and everything like that. The dancing on the logo, the TikTok, everything like that that you guys have had to experience. What is your messaging in there? How do you adapt and let players be themselves without, you know, doing too much? Because that is a fine balance that you've been able to do, I think, in an incredible job with throughout your entire time in Pittsburgh. I think for me, more than anything, I try to stay connected, you know, um, just getting a sense of where these guys are coming from, what's in vogue for their generation, what captures their attention, how do they learn, how do they communicate, how do they interact with each other formally and in formally and I think being a parent kind of helps me you know my boys are 19 and 20 so it's not much difference between them and some of the younger guys that I deal with here and so for me it's just about gaining an understanding working to stay connected you know that's my general attitude man it's adapt or die for me and, and I want to I don't want to be one of them old crusty guys man just that just refuses to adapt although I am one of those old crusty guys now yeah you are old as shit now you know what I mean I mean you've been around a long time I remember back in the day whenever you showed up there was a lot more you know to the camera there's a lot more yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that now you're just old ass man now huh you know how it is. Years in this business will scar you, man. It'll settle you down. <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> One of my favorite moments uh, with you is uh, when you would tell me every um, warm-up, uh, I'm going to get you back to Pittsburgh when you're old and cheap. Uh, what, what does yes. that mean? <laughs> what, what did that mean? And uh, should that have been taken as a smack in the mouth like I, uh, whenever you said that to me? No, man. It was a tip of the cap, man. There's okay. certain guys Good. around this league that I'm really interested in, but I know I cannot afford it. <laughs> And, and you were one of them, so I was going to wait for you to physically deteriorate a little bit until <laughs> you came back into my wheelhouse. Yenzers are going to go bananas in Hinesfield this weekend. First time it could be filled up in a long time. I can't wait to see, and I can't wait to. Oh, mama, I'm in the of my life. I'm the song of the song. 
Is that your alarm clock? Yeah, just say yes, by the way. Yeah. It's my ringtone. It's my alarm <laughs> clock. <laughs> yeah. uh, we appreciate you, Coach T. Last question before we let you go. Uh, why'd you let Troy Paul Mala do what he fucking did to me? Why'd you let... I know you've heard of this. Why? why? <laughs> well, that's a short side of the field. That's bad football. You guys coaching unsound football over there in Pittsburgh? How did that happen? We know you and love you as a man. But on Sundays in the fall, man, you're the nameless gray faces that we die. Die, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, never had a losing season. Absolute legend, two-time Super Bowl champion, Mike Tomlin. Yeah! Thank you, coach. Yeah! Hey, 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 I'm the heart of the Jets, nigga. I spit that shit they need to hear when they be scratching. SeatGeek is the sponsor of today's show, and we got a special promo for you all. Yeah. You've heard us talk about SeatGeek's 10% discount? Yeah. Yeah. But in honor of football being back, they gave us an exclusive link that gives us all 15% off football tickets. (laughs) Yeah, five more percent. That's huge. Whether you're a first-time buyer or not, college, NFL, SeatGeek has you covered. Just click the link in the description, and the 15% off code will be auto-applied to your account. No code. Doesn't matter if you've purchased on SeatGeek before. That definitely made sense. 15% off football tickets. That'll be Bruce. Yeah. Thank you, SeatGeek, as well. AJ Hawk joining us. That was uh, Boston Connor that just read that ad for SeatGeek. Ty Schmidt sitting next to him. One half of the hammer. Dad. Cowboys. Tone Diggs is there. AJ, what did you learn from your good friend Aaron Rodgers after that conversation there? He seems to be calm. He's not overreacting, not freaking out. I'm sure he knows the outside world is. Uh, yeah, I think he's... Seems to be in a good spot. I would imagine Wednesday, like tomorrow morning, when they start that install meeting and everything, he is already knows exactly what the plan is and will probably be pretty vocal on what he wants to, you know, what he wants to get accomplished throughout the week. It seems like that's how he's been this entire training camp. A lot more coaching, a lot more accountability almost upon his shoulders, which is what he's been asking for, right? Yeah. A little bit more saying some things, a little bit more empowerment from the team. He's got a young crew. We don't really know any of these motherfuckers, but I assume they're going to figure it out. Yeah, that's why when like the Jair Alexander thing came out about him not covering uh, Justin Jefferson the whole game, even though he was asking for it, I thought it was kind of weird. It's like, I mean, I feel like you hang your hat on Jair Alexander in the secondary. You're not going to have him shadow Justin Jefferson? I wonder if it's just as easy as that, too. But... Jair Alexander knows more than we do. I mean, yeah. if you're locked down corner, isn't that kind of a thing? Like when you're playing with a guy? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, what if Kevin O'Connell was using Justin Jefferson in a manner that is just like, yeah. what if they just... They mentioned on the broadcast, too. Like, it, it, the other 10 guys have to know what they're doing. Yeah, Jair's good, but then it also affects the other guys, too. They got to they gotta know what they're doing, too. I think growing pain is going to take place. I didn't. We didn't get to ask him, though, about how much hype we heard about the defense. Right. And then Justin Jefferson goes for two bills or whatever. So I guess we did not get to ask Aaron about that. I was that. also thinking, though, like, and I, not after the game, because in the moment it's just like, Jesus Christ, Justin Jefferson is wide open. There's no one within 20 yards of him. But then, like, you look at that play from Devontae against the Chargers. Like, sometimes, like, the, like he's one of the best receivers in the league. Like, sometimes these guys are just so fucking good there's nothing you can do yeah Devonte adams obviously shook asante samuel on that one where he was wide open justin jefferson's both plays uh this is aaron blocking zadarius smith uh justin jefferson's plays both like drag routes and i assume they cleared out for him to come across because yeah it's both him coming from one side of the field to the other so that's a lot of tracking i think obviously he's justin jefferson so that's going to be difficult regardless but both plays it's him coming all the way across and i think that's going to take a lot of communication that's going to take a lot of i mean conditioning and cardio and you got to keep up with a guy who's been untrackable Mm -hmm. for his entire nfl career Mm -hmm. what if that kevin o'connell offense is just 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What if they, they are? absolutely could be? Like they they really could be. We know they have stars everywhere you look on that team. So let's see. Let's see if Kirk can continue to to play good, efficient football like he did too. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to the Five Energy phone line. Let's go to Valerie in Minnesota. Valerie, what's going on in Minnesota on the Five Energy phone line? Hi, Pat. Um, I just got married this weekend to uh, Rahul Iyer, who should be listening at work right now. Hell yeah. Uh, he's a huge football fan. He was already on a team fantasy football strategy call driving to our reception right after our wedding. Uh, my question is, what's your advice for balancing marriage and relationship and the love of football? Valerie, uh, congratulations. We hope uh, that every single day you two wake up next to each other. It's a good one. Yeah, congratulations, yeah. honestly, on everything. Thank you. Thank no, you. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, How does she feel about that? So she brought it oh, up no. there, so I oh. assume she noticed yeah. it, and uh, it was one of the mistakes. She, Valerie, if you don't like football at all, I do think this might be a tough go with old Rob. But if you also enjoy football, there's always a place that you can meet in the middle on what we're doing, I think. Like Sam enjoys football, NFL football, because she grew up in Indianapolis. The Colts were very good throughout her entire thing. So she's a big fan of NFL football. Now this new college football dedication that's happening, <laughs> it's going to take her a little bit, I think, to get used to this particular life that's happening. But I think... If Valerie doesn't like football at all, which she has to, that's why she's calling into the show, right? I would assume. Yeah, and if he's on a strategy call for fantasy football directly after their wedding reception, she yeah. has to be somewhat okay with it. Yeah, she had to have known. Aware that it's important. Like, do you think it just shocked her all of a sudden? Yeah, Rob just didn't even watch football while they're. Hey, dating. I'm on 15 fantasy teams. I got a call. I got 13 <laughs> calls to go. Hey, I want to let you know, like our bank accounts are joined now officially because we're married. A lot, you're going to see a lot of withdrawals to different leagues, but it's going to come back about six months. Uh-huh. Six months, five, six months, it's going to come back. Is that right? How many leagues are you in? Well, funny you say that because I'm missing one of the calls right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Sorry about it. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that oh, my God. Yeah, Valerie, you're going to be fine. Hey, Valerie, Rob, good luck. Good luck. You guys got it. You'll figure it out. You guys will figure it out for yourselves. You'll make your own path. You'll make your own way. You love each other. Remember that. Right, AJ? Sure. Whoa! I mean, day one, you got day one. She's calling for advice on issues with his love of fantasy football. Well, I think she wanted to call in and say what's up to him too. A little surprise. He'll be fine. I I just think hopefully he didn't take her by surprise and give her the old rope a dope. Like, oh no, I don't, I don't really do much of this. And all of a sudden, he got married. By the way, I got her. That's catfishing. Yeah, yeah, that is catfishing. Do that. That I mean, it's only one full day of the week. I mean, if you don't, just go do something else on Sunday night and watch football. Well, then it's Monday and Thursday. What? So So three nights and one full day. So you think about a full week, it's seven days with the calendar we use. Now, that calendar might be wrong, especially with the earth spinning a little bit faster now. True. But three out of the the seven are taken from NFL football, though. Only for six months. So half, half the, the week for half the year. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I appreciate Sam paying attention to games that she does not give a fuck about, just mm-hmm. because she knows, and I appreciate that. But there are certain times where I like feel bad. Like a game will be going terrible, and we have zero, zero, like real Investment. fandom yeah. in mm-hmm. it. It's like I gotta watch this because I gotta know what. Have to talk fucking... about this all day. Yeah, I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm gonna have to. You know, I do feel bad, but I don't think Valerie and Rob are like that. Well, no. I also do think it's nah. different for people who don't do what we do, where it's like that really is work. It's like you know, it, like I, I have to. I, pay like attention. I know this game sucks, yeah. but like I really do have to talk about this 
all day tomorrow. And I appreciate <laughs> Sam for uh, understanding. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Thank, Thank you, Sam. Sam. Thank you to all the significant others of this office for everything. Yeah. By the way. Of course. Everything. And also, that's why it's nice, you know, Amazon came into Thursday night, because now the Thursday night games that in the past might have been pretty shitty. Now they're pretty good. Kind of sweet. Like this Thursday, <laughs> huge game. Huge yeah, game. Huge. huge game coming up on Thursday. I assume week two is going to somehow top week one, and it kicks off on Amazon Prime with the Chargers taking on the Chiefs. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and a cast of stars. Without Michaels and Herb Street on the call, it should be an electrifying Thursday night. Week two just finished, or week one just finished up. Week two is right around the corner. Woo. Valerie and Rob are going to dive all the way in. I'm pumped. What a way to start week two, AJ. I mean, Kirk, Al Michaels, Amazon, Thursday Night Football. Like, how did they get this game? This is awesome. I'm so glad they did. Oh, well, Bezos, you see, started <laughs> yeah. in an apartment, and he had spray paint Amazon yep. in the back. Mm-hmm. And they told that really weird-looking nerd mm-hmm. that he was going to fail. <laughs> yeah. And he said, no, I'm buying everything. I'm buying everything. I'm buying everything to sell everything. And then now he goes to space for fun on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So he has this big old bank account that everybody on Earth knows about because it's tracked every single day day is he the richest guy are they the richest company in the world or are they number two behind elon it's a conversation so the nfl goes hey if it works out with these people for their first time being the exclusive there's probably a much bigger deal that could even happen maybe even next year down the road so the nfl is good business the nfl understands its fans they kyc yeah they know your customer the Mm -hmm. nfl does thursday nights are a big night they know amazon's got a big bank let's go ahead and make our fans happy our customers happy and our business partners happy and let's assume that the next bank is going to be a bigger bank somehow Mm -hmm. that's how yeah, I would. I understand the NFL absolutely wants Amazon to have a great experience here with these Thursday night games because Amazon pretty much owns everything already. What's this last frontier that appointment watching TV where people watch live? That's the NFL. Twenty five million Sunday night. Yeah, go look through all the ratings thing and just see what's close. Nothing. Maybe the Super Bowl. That's it. So the NFL knows that. Amazon knows that. And also, like Apple's watching. Yeah, they're seeing what. Oh, Amazon got. Uh, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, first Thursday night game. Oh, maybe they'll get in there. And the NFL knows that there's other platforms that have more money looking in there. They want it to be a success. It's great for everybody, to be honest with you. Yeah, and the best part is Amazon said, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Give me fucking Al Michaels and give me Kirk Herbstreit, two guys that everybody basically universally loves and one guy that the NFL has been trying to get for a long time to call their games. Like, they crush it. And now if they get games like this that, you know, not like the Cowboys books, like these ones that might actually go and be fireworks. Yeah, mm-hmm. fireworks. Then we're in for a nice little Thursday night this season. Golly. It's incredible. Are we going to Wisconsin to hear long neck eyes cold beer that broke my heart? With Luke Combs? Be That'd cool. be awesome. He's a showman. Yeah. He's yeah, a, he's a superstar. Icon. Yeah, but he's a showman, too. Like, when he's on the stage, he's going all in. It Have is, you seen him in person? No, I watched him at CMA Fest, and he... Uh, mm-hmm. He had a whiskey cup, chugged that, threw that in there. It was belt full, you know, all the way out. Then he got a drumstick and started smashing a cymbal at the end, threw that into the crowd, threw his hat into the crowd. I'm like, this guy. Showman. This guy's a showman. This guy understands, like, hey, the song is the song. People are going to follow along. But also, we're paying a lot of money to see a guy up on a stage, and he goes. 
He respects the craft, I believe. I saw him. I was there, and he did. He put on a hell of a fucking show. It's Luke Tore Combs, baby. Down. It's fucking Luke Combs. And those are great his st- words. Stage presence. Stage presence yeah. is key to performing. Like I love when someone has great stage like stage presence. I don't really care how good of a singer they are. I want them to put on a show. Okay, me too. I think singing helps though, and he can yeah, live. But I, that's mm. secondary to me. Like I want to see that they're up there, juiced to be there. They're excited and they're they're passionate about what they're doing. And the song he's singing, he wrote, so it's his words. Yeah. So right. like, I feel like I'm learning about the person. I'm watching him do his thing. It's a full. It's a show. He's a showman. I can't. Uh, I need to go see him live. Let's talk about seeing somebody live. T.J. Watt will be live, back live. this season because it has been announced that T.J. Watt has torn a muscle in his pec, not a ligament in his pec. Ligament in pec, IR, going to have to get surgery. Muscle in pec can rehab, hopefully build up the other muscles around it, help rehab that muscle that was torn back together. He should be back in six weeks. He posted a Terminator gif saying, I'll be back and everybody is sitting around pittsburgh waiting for that day because he started out remarkably three tackles for loss two pass breakups one of them being an interception a menace all day and he says he'll be back aj your thoughts on tj's diagnosis this is a big sigh of relief for everybody this is obviously it sounds like tj is very very relieved and excited that this is the case he probably thought instantly yeah there we go surgery i'm on ir the rest of the year i missed this whole season i started out great in this first game after coming off defensive mvp so i uh this is huge news for all of steelers nation for nick Moraldo, for tone for all of you guys i think uh i'm actually i'm super happy for tj because right here i felt terrible yeah yenzers are rejoicing and Mm -hmm. yenzers at this moment were like oh no everybody became lip readers everybody became a a pessimist Derek watt even comes up and goes ah no my brother's gone (laughs) the reigning defensive mvp this is such an interesting play because it was clearly hands to the face i mean get the fuck out of here leo he says but then joe burrow using his legs so he's like doing a squat TJ is going for a rip down. It's classic, just uncomfortable, awkward, you know, explosion. And it's just like that's a game of football where something can pop with a play that nobody would expect like that, AJ. Yeah, you never know. Like you see, like even in the game last night, there's some yeah. monster shots and everybody pops up. I'm like, oh, someone's dead here. Every once in a while you think that. And then play like this, which some people may not think looks like a whole lot. Bam. Six, eight weeks. It's just an awkward, you know, he's going full rip on that yeah. arm, trying to win the game, fourth yeah. quarter, mm-hmm. 20 seconds left. And then Joe has his feet. He isn't off balance at all, so he's fighting everything against it. So it's tit versus quads, basically, in this situation. And in this particular case, the squat beat out the bench yeah. and <laughs> tore a muscle, which is probably going to take place 10 times out of 10. But there's other times where Joe Burrow has somebody at his feet, maybe he's off balance, and that rip is enough to get him down. But Joey Burrow said he prides himself on his mental, physical toughness, not going down ever. And TJ got an uncomfortable, awkward, yeah, but thank God he's all the way back. Yeah, it's like Jamal Adams last night. They're he's going to be all the way back, sorry. They're saying he tore his quad and yeah. it looked just like a routine kind of play. And then all of a sudden he gets up and he can barely walk over the sideline. That stuff's scary, dude. Yeah. That stuff's scary. Is he out for the year? For sure. Quad. I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Did he like rupture it? Like, did he like rupture the tendon? Like, what happened? Uh, I don't think we've gotten the actual no. medical results no, out yeah. yet. It's just every conversation is, Man. yeah, he's fucked. He's fucked, yeah. yeah. Sir, anything, if it's ligaments, it has surgery. And surgery means 
probably done, right? Yeah. On muscle tears. Yeah. And there was something with his hand during training. Yeah, he was playing with like a broken hand as well. Yeah, they're gonna he was going to play after. the whole year with it, right? He yep. needs surgery after yeah. the season, I think. Yeah. He was yeah. flying around last night, too. That's a damn shame. Uh, Peyton was talking up Jamal Adams a lot mm-hmm. in the Manning cast last night. He's a big fan of that. If he has to get surgery on his quad, I'd say, hey, buddy, fix these fingers up while you're at it. Yeah. And also, can I get LASIK? I mean, please. There we go. While we're here, just let's just yeah. do it everything. I'm not going to be able to move, right, with this quad. Going to be bedridden for how many? Seven, eight days or whatever? All right, let's take care of everything. <laughs> I, I got this elbow thing. I like <laughs> Tennis elbow. <laughs> Give me 45 surgeries at once, please. Bring all the doctors. I need quad doctor. I need arm doctor. I need hand doctor. What? I need eye doctor. What? Just everybody come in one time and make sure that guy gives me enough of the drugs to pass me out for two, three hours. It is easy to forget when you're just kind of watching these games all day. Like, But when you go back and watch some of these plays in like slow motion, like how violent oh. it is on every single play, Like especially if you're playing D-line or you know yeah. some of those. It's- what about the corner last night, Ty? Was it Bullwin? Yeah. Bowen yeah. comes up, annihilates the lead blocker, and then annihilates the running back, and he pops his shoulder out. Or yeah, yeah. yeah Javante put his helmet right in his shoulder or mm-hmm. arm or whatever. G- guys will have their shoulders pop out of place on a regular basis, and they're like, just pull it, pull it, pull yeah. it, and it pull goes right it. back in there. Like, What's the play? What's the play? Yeah. It's like, you maniacs. And it is probably because a lot of people talk about how soft the game is, that people are kind of getting comfortable with the sport for the future. They forget, like, hey, when people are moving 20 miles an hour at each other, and they only have shoulder pads and a helmet on, there's a chance massive collisions are going to happen, and those are taking place every single play. (laughs) And uh, the game can get as soft as it wants. It's still going to be a physical gladiator-style sport that people are going to love, and we should always remember that whenever we look at these guys beating the shit out of themselves for our entertainment and a payday. They're all getting paid. So I guess yeah. uh, we should keep that in account as well. Yeah, for sure. And there, I mean, there aren't as many as there used to be, but like, you'll look everywhere. Like there's still good guys getting just blasted in the head. Like old every school play. shots. Yeah. yeah. Every all, play. The, all the time. No, 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 Fucking love no, it. no, no, no. It no. takes courage to run and hit. Like it's one thing to be close quarters battles. Like, Hey, I'm a Sam linebacker. I'm walked up on a tight end, like close quarters. Okay, here we go. Who's, who's tougher in the moment, but to have space, like, Safety and running back. All of a sudden, the hole opens up. Running back's coming downhill. Adrian Peterson with 12-yard running start. Safety's running at him eight yards away. It takes a lot of courage to be like, okay, here we go, buddy. I'm going as fast as I can. That's what right Rex, at this dude. That's what Rex Ryan said. Rex Ryan said our sport is a sport that it takes courage to play. You're scared, but you're going out there anyways. And so I think try to tell little kids. Yeah, man. Everybody, hey, I'm like, hey, you know they're really scared too. Like They're scared that you're going to kill them. So how about let's try to figure that out. Like We're all in the same boat, really. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's scared, man. But yeah, if, we if we're all going to be scared and we're going to be in here, you're getting knocked I'm just saying, out. You know, kids especially. They assume like everybody else is the Terminator. I'm like, no, you're playing other kids. Yeah, everybody's human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. NFL, you think People think that in the league, yeah. too. Really? You think so? Well, no, people think like – I think sometimes when people talk about the, the change from college to the NFL, yeah, of course. Everybody's really good in the NFL. Everybody's really fast. Everybody can run. But guess what? Like I tried to tell people – I said – these guys were all in college at one point too, bud. Like they were all rookies. They were young. Like they're not, they're not like aliens. Well, some of them might be hybrids. We know that for sure now. But like they're still sure. humans. They were young in the league at once too. So like they're you know they'll figure it out. We know that for sure now. He said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a matter of fact. We know for sure now. There's seems like it. It does seem like it with what guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster at every position. Somehow, love it. Great for the human race. If yeah. there's anything. Cooking, coming. It's been quiet. Been quiet on that front. It is not really. There's really no. It hasn't. There's just shit popping up in the sky everywhere. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought. No, no, I'm serious. I haven't. Like, I'm saying across like my 
in my algorithm, I haven't seen as much lately. My algorithm just knows. They know. Yeah. My Lambda is like a uh, fucking you brand know, new potential jumped. thing in the sky. Put that in his palm. Throw it to McAfee. Of course. I knew it. Hey, Foxy, this is exactly what we saw. <laughs> I, I sent right into the group. It just is never ending. Uh, let's hit some more phone calls here. You were talking about like safety running back. It's like kicker returner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just yeah, see, same thing. We're just staring. They need to put Justin Reed to kickoff specialist. Mm-hmm. If his hip feels Please. good and his groin feels good, I would like to see him all year do what he does. And also, I'd like to see him get down there and like yeah, cover kicks. Yeah, him kick, make him have to count for the kicker. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because you can easily put a five back as a safety there, have the one of the fives that's going to be accounted for by somebody else, and just let him go all the way through. He bombs the ball. He's already proven he's done that. And did you see the mic'd up segment that um, – Kansas City Chiefs put out called the huddle. They find mm. out that Bucker's out. He walks up to the special teams coordinator, who I should know his name. He's a very good special teams coordinator. I apologize. He was always very nice to me. That's on me. Sorry about it. Um, but he goes, hey, uh, do you need me to kick off to? And the coach is like, yeah. He goes, what do you want me to do? Just kick it out of the end zone? And, he goes, and the coach like laughs almost. He's like, yeah. And he's like, all right. And then the first one just fucking kicks it out of the end zone or whatever. There was no panic at all from Justin. He's like, all right. Yeah, I'll do that. Jogging out for that first extra point, because I thought about how I used to feel when I was just going out to hold for a, a standard extra point. There's like obviously a heightened energy. It's like, okay, here we go. Got to do something in a 1.2 seconds. That's going to be very fast. And all this happiness is gone if I fuck up. Like there's a moment where you think like that. Justin just jogging onto the field like, yeah, I've never done this in my life before. Didn't know I was going to do this today. Just found out. And then fucking murdering it over the net like, I love this dude. I absolutely love this guy. Middle of a real game. First quarter. First quarter quarter of a game he's actually playing in. I mean, it's it's awesome stuff. Uh, Let's go to a couple more phone calls and get the fuck out of here. We got to run up to Thunderdome and uh, hey. Hammer some stuff out. Monday? Yeah. Sweet. Oh, I said that last week. Last week, I was getting the predictions from other people. This week, it feels like it's mine. Yeah, making your own judgment. This is mine. This is my, my judgment. Tentatively. You know, like we could have. And you can't, con- you can't control it. For some reason, it's not this, this next Monday. Like, you can't control the supply chain. Yeah, it's not on you. We technically could have went live from there a few different times. You know, plugged in. There's no reason until it's ready, though. Exactly. You're unveiling a new place. It's been in the works for a long time. We're not even going to have. There's no need for a soft open. No, No, not rushing. No, no, no. no. When you're on the half yard line, especially with people. Yeah, see what happens. Especially not shotgun. Yeah, we're in shotgun right now. No, football question. You said fuck it. We're going under center. center. Yeah, we're going under center. Sure thing. And we are ass slapping straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good, friends. Do you want to know how Mitt spelled Valerie from Minnesota? Yep. Yeah. Yes, yep. Yes. V-A-A-L. V-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Valerie. <laughs> Valerie. Well, that's how they spell Mallory, right? I got a Watch friend named Mallory. Watching too much Thrones. The Valerian is probably getting to his head. No, the Valerian would have helped him out here, I think. Right? <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah, you're right. In yeah. theory, yeah. Mallory, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so uh, you need to start watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the song. Valerie. How do you want me to spell it, bro? V-A-L-E-R-I-E, by the way, is how my daughter is spelled. I don't know about Valerie from Minnesota who just made it wrong. That's how the song is spelled as well. Mm-hmm. That's my mom's name spelling as well. Every Val shout Fox. Out. Shout out. Um, so it's Valerie. You learned something today, yeah, man. Yeah, there you go, man. Will you, will you remember it tomorrow? Probably not. No. Mm-hmm. But it's all right, man. You're good at other stuff. 
<laughs> working hard, getting things done. Hot boy bets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Driving a sweet car. Sweet car. Yeah. yeah. Did I see Mitt had Seahawks money line last night? He did. Golly. Wow. Fucking Mitt. Baby Mitt. Yeah, bro. Fucking told you guys. You lose one sense, you gain another, man. Can't no. spell, but I, I got a sense of who's going to win games. How'd you know, Mitt? Was it Geno Smith? Was that the case? Well, uh, I well, actually thought that uh, it was going to be yes. a low-scoring game. I also had the under and Seahawks money line. And then uh, I just thought Russ it. wasn't going to click well with his new offensive line or receivers. So I just had a hunch. Broncos uh-huh. also fired his dad. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. revenge hard, game. Good on you, Mitt. That's right, Mitt. He benefits from the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. right. Number one punter in the league right now? AJ Cole. Raiders punter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whose fantasy teams are you? Oh, mine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that a baby, AJ. Let's keep fucking What does that mean? He's just punting backed up more than others? Um, I mean, yeah. At, after one week, you can't really judge. But Pinning him deep. He's going to do shit with Tom McMahon with how big his leg is. Like He's going he's gonna to be a weapon, I think. Especially in the right. desert out there. That ball is going to fly. And he is like this tall. Like uh, yeah. He's a very tall fucking I need to go to a game dude. out there. I want to go to that stadium. Let's go. Yeah. You want to do that? Uh, yeah, the Vegas, it's the, it's black on the outside, right? Yeah, it's, it's like the Death Star. I, I was in Vegas when it was being built. Like, it wasn't dumb, but it was being built. I was like, man, that is sweet. It is very nice. It's right off the strip, right? It's on the other side of the highway, so yeah. I think it's easy to get to. When we went there for the WWE, it was one of the first shows. Traffic was impossible to get to. Terrible. The concessions weren't figured out yet, but I think now they have a don't full... Don't like, trams running there from hotels, I would imagine? I don't know. No. I don't think so. You, you can walk, though. But there's not you can't walk anywhere in Vegas barely. Like, well, oh, that hotel is across the street. I got to walk across, up, over, bridge, like sure. three yeah. miles. Yes. Technically, you can walk everywhere in Vegas. In theory, you can, but every single time you start to, you go, "What the fuck? This is the largest hotel of all time." <laughs> yeah, I'm walking four miles just to get off of this property. Then I got to cross over six lanes, and then I got to walk through their entire property to get to it. And they're like, yeah, you can. You can, though. It's like, well, it's 145 degrees, too. I'm hungover and or still drunk. Yeah. No way am I doing yeah, it. Yeah, no, not a chance. We should go to a game, though. I think they got that uh, sweet area in the back, too, yeah. that you'd probably enjoy. Mm-hmm. Who they play? That would be sweet. I mean, we could go Good to any division, games. division game. Yeah, any division they have at home. We should try to get there. Yeah, that'd be sweet. All right, let's take uh, how many more phone calls? One or two? Who's on from where? Florida, Illinois, Akron, Ohio. Oh. Akron. Steven in Akron, Ohio. What's going on, pal? Yo, Pat, AJ Boyds, what's going on, man? Just chilling. How are you, Steven? Keep it moving. Perfect. Uh, yes. I've been yeah. listening since you guys first came on, man. Uh, long time long time listener, first time caller. Oh, yeah. Die hard round, die hard Seahawks fan. Two and oh feels fucking amazing this week with Gino and fucking Jacoby Brissett, two of the bottom barrel quarterbacks of the league. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Steven, Steven, Steven. How are you a diehard fan of two teams in the same league? AFC, NFC, Pat. That's... Okay, I respect you. He he likes football enough to have a... He's a fan of both conferences. He doesn't just like the league. You guys are bad fans. Uh, He likes the Seahawks undefeated, obviously, with Geno Smith, who looks like an absolute dog in this reemergence into a starting role in Seattle, and Pete Carroll has fully empowered him, and Seattle was electrifying last night. Congrats to Geno and the Seahawks and to Stevens, one of his teams. The other team, the Browns, Jacoby Brissett's a guy. I was saying whenever he was with the Colts, he's now with the Cleveland Browns. Good team around him. Go get a big-time win against Carolina Panthers off of Cade York's foot. Now, 
The Cleveland Browns are announcing after being undefeated going into the season, new quarterback, new era, new logo on the middle of the bronze field. They're putting a fucking elf on the field. Hell it is yeah. on there right now. I believe the, the elf's name is Bronny the Elf. Bronny. Big ears, little body, a lot of luck. That's what's going down in Cleveland, right, AJ? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What was the. Uh, why did they make this change? Oh, because they wanted to usher in a new era. Yeah. They That's got cause... a new stadium coming. They got a new thing cooking in Cleveland. New quarterback. New team. Right. We're going to go on a run. We might have moved on from Baker, but we're in a better spot. Whammy! Bronny the Elf in the fucking middle of the field. Hell yeah! And there he is dancing on top. Look at me! Look at me! The elf is wobbling and waddling around the field. The drone footage is electrifying. The elf is giving a goddamn stiff arm. To who? We don't know. Probably the haters. That's what Cleveland's got going on right now. They might win a goddamn Super Bowl because this elf is going to be running wild all season in Cleveland. It is the most Mickey Mouse shit I've ever seen. That thing fucking stinks. Like backyard football. That's an embarrassment to the league. If If you're a Browns player, you're probably pissed. If I know anything about the Browns, things were going too well and they need to do something to fuck it up. Come on. Jeez. They're selling merch. I'm sure they're selling a bunch of merch with that fucking thing on it. Now, I did think that Cleveland was a gritty blue-collar city. Yeah. Now that they do have an elf in the middle of their field and an elf mascot gonna have to question a lot of things Whoa. that's on Rupp that listen Rupper yeah, Rupper. Rupper and Stipe and everybody like they, they listen we're not getting into that I'm just telling Bernie you what, what people are gonna sure. say okay sure. many others from Cleveland Kevin Costner from draft day yeah yeah how come they didn't put a that I, dog that's walking around yeah that'd be, that'd be sweet yeah yes. good question and it's a dog pound to have a dog in the office mm-hmm. that all the dogs in the crowd would chew up that elf and spit the elf out. I don't know, though. I kind of love Brownie the Elf. Why? Because the Heisman? <laughs> I mean, you talk about gritty. Santa rides them fucking elves harder than... Blue I mean, collar. Yeah, those like, blue-collar sons of bitches cobbling <laughs> shoes and stuff like that. And That elf isn't... Yeah, but yeah, Brownie, he looks like Brownie fucking... You know what he... he Defected from Santa Claus down yeah. Cleveland. I can't so. do this. I want to play football. That's what Brownie did. Okay, so we like him even more. No, I don't like a quitter. Kind of fits in perfectly. It's not a quitter. It's a yeah. hey. I'm going to take this blue collar mentality and I'm going to drop it in the biggest league of all time. Sorry about it, Santa. Yeah. Sorry about it, Scott Calvin. I'm fucking out of here. You want make? You want me to make these little wood and plastic toys all day, every day? You know what I want to do? Tote the rock around <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, and that's what Brownie's going to do. No, Brownie quit on the kids, and you can't support that. You got to support. Kids, we try to get a uh, we try to get ears <laughs> and boots on the ground. And what if he was fired from that? He's a shitty worker. From Santa, Santa may have fired him. No, because he sucks at work. Yeah, no, I heard Santa's a Baker Mayfield guy. So, oh, is that right? So whenever you know, that makes sense because he is a kid. <laughs> What's what? your deal? This guy. Sorry, sorry, I forgot he's a Panther. Carolina. He fucking played really good on he Sunday. He did. He, he, did. he, he, put, he, he didn't. He didn't play. He has well, matured you a scumbag. lot. He's he a fucking that fiery leader. All right, let's just ask. Do you think in the past the Cleveland Browns a fifty-eight yarder goes in to win the game, or do you think maybe 
That lucky little elf shows up, and Cade York is shaping shots with a draw from 58. Yeah. That would have been good from 90 if he had to hit that thing. <laughs> if Rookie, mustache, what bomb and balls. You don't think Brownie the Elf is potentially a coinky-dink? You're 1,000% you're correct that in the past that would not have gone in because that was their first win in week one uh, in 17 years. Um, Brownie the Elf. Brownie, Boom. Brownie, Boom. Brownie doesn't travel to away games. If anything, that was the Panther hopping around the stadium causing a fucking wind effect. Oh, uh, wait till it. you see what the Browns have. You think Brownie the Elf paint and Brownie the Elf mascot is something? Wait till you see his little fucking ass in 4D bouncing yeah. around like that Panther was in Carolina. He's going to be dangling on the... On, on the, the goalposts. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be yeah. hanging. <laughs> Laughing like David Sampson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so did Baker have him locked in the basement when Baker was living there and now he's allowed out? Or? That, that's potentially a thing he was working. Baker had him working and now he gets to live and free and celebrate. I'm happy for him. They need to throw, elf of all time. They need to throw some fucking eye black on Brownie and, then we're, cool. and then we're in. Okay, now we're talking. talking about ball security as well. Let's yeah. zoom back yeah, in on him. pretty shitty to me. What do you mean? Oh, he's... He's toting that thing like a loaf of bread. Yeah, man. what a clown. Brownie is a about? bitch. He's fast. He's, he's not a the bitch. Dish, Brownie is a bitch. He's going to run your fucking ass over. <laughs> he yeah. wishes Brownie's a fucking elf. They're like, this big. This, look, this is the size of Brownie. You think I'm worried about this little fucker carrying a football like a loaf of bread? Well, no. That's, that's an gnome. ugly gnome. <laughs> Which is the same thing as an elf. No. Oh, yeah. You think he's holding that ball you weird. You can't Why? say what you that just guy, said. With, that, with, that, yeah. with those shoes, you think that you, you know Brownie's going to be burning with that cleats on his feet. Come on. Aerodynamic, yeah, you right. asshole. It's got no traction. Doesn't need it. It's got sweet fingies, though. He's going to you all the home That's... games, swinging Deshaun Watson's towel around his head, firing up the crowd. All right. Okay. Look at his That's the show. gross hands, Thanks too. Thanks for the call, Steven. Honestly, Wait. thanks for the call. What's that? I, I don't know if you can call it show. I mean, you didn't talk about the sweet special team situation here in this city. What happened? They fired, fired the Lego guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hot Rod, I do apologize. You had a hell of a run here. What happened? Well, he kicked two kickoffs out of bounds, one of them being to start the overtime period, and then he missed a 40-yarder way, 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 way wide right. I assume he knew that the writing was on the wall. He was in a competition in training camp. I love Hot Rod. He's always been very nice to me. I thought he got stronger. He was hitting balls better. He did not have a good first outing. They are moving on. Who knows who they're going to bring in. Yesterday, the Amendola got signed to the Chiefs, the Chiefs oh, yeah. who had a kicking carousel competition that consisted of six kickers. Six kickers went in there and worked out for one job. This is the kicker carousel that you get on. Then you make a team off of one of those workouts. Hopefully you get hot and you live there forever. You get cold. They're having another one of these workouts that has the who's who. Cameron Dicker, Elliot Fry, Chase McLaughlin, Cody Parkey, Tristan Vizcairo. 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 And Matt Amendola. How jacked is this dude? Jacked. He's from... Missouri or Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State, maybe? Jeez. Yeah, he is a problem. He murders the ball, too. So hopefully this will be a home for him for the long term. But, yeah, man, the kicker carousel is no fun. There'll be another workout next week somewhere, and they'll see the same guys. And Rodrigo will jump in now, won't he? Yes. Uh Or he'll take some time to fix some things, and then he'll say, all right, I'm back, and then the same guys go to every workout. Whoever has the best day gets the job. You get hot. You keep your job. You don't. Everybody else is coming in the next week, and that's life-like. 
uh, kicker who has a one-year deal with teams. So you think the Colts are just going to get one of those remaining five guys? Yeah. Or another guy that's maybe didn't go work out, who's fixing something. Like Verity, come out the, woods. the guy who maybe they had in camp. Exactly. Yeah. He might have figured some stuff mm-hmm. out. Paisan, though, Vinny Vizcano, that'd be pretty sweet to bring him in. Yeah, I'm okay with another Italian coming in, yeah. Tom. <laughs> what was that? Mm-mm. The amount of Italian talk from you. It's just, it's overwhelming. Hmm? Well, People that don't I mean, watch this, this program think you're really Italian, I would imagine. Well, of course. Oh, then they see that and they're like, oh, is there some poop on here? He must have not taken it off this morning. Whoa. Nope, he did. Every time. <laughs> this guy. You told us that. Listen, poop on your fingernails. You get it. You listen to it every single day. You don't want to get poop on your fucking pinky ring, okay? Listen. Make another song. I got poop on my pinky ring. Poop on my pinky ring. Tell me how to fix it. You take off your pinky ring. Take off your pinky ring. And then it doesn't end up in your sphincter. Get it? Thank you. I think I'm making the right decision. TM, TM. Off. I'm respecting the pinky ring. Yeah, right. absolutely. Anytime this thing's going splunking, okay, we need to make sure it's clean and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And what I've been doing on the weekends, I was... it is, you know, it's not like a fun job. Yeah, it's one Man, thing you if know? you're taking like little rabbit poops, but when you're fucking dropping nuclear missiles, like, yeah, you take that thing off. Have I figured out my diet for the season? The weekends, crushing food. Okay. Weak keto. There you Do go. Do it. It's been working. I don't Low think I've gained diet. That Sounds much. great. Get a haircut every week so mm-hmm. it looks like I'm losing. Keep it fresh. Figured it out. Look at me. Huh? Look at you. Look at us. Who would have thought? Healthy. Figured it out. It was a good Tuesday. Let's get the fuck out of here. Hammer Down is in 10 minutes at youtube.com forward slash hammer down. I believe there's a link in the chat right now oh, yeah. to uh, direct you directly to that show. We'll be in the Thunderdome hopefully next week this time. Having a great time. Woo. Big thanks to Aaron for joining us. Rex Ryan and Jordan Boyer, friend of the program. Need to have him on more. AJ, you were great. Boys, you were fantastic. Tone Diggs, I love you, buddy. Love you. Uh, Connor, what's the giveaway for today? Oh, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I think it was uh, what should the Browns mascot be instead of <laughs> Brownie, right? Didn't we want to tweet that hashtag, right, hashtag PMS, PMS Brownie PMS sucks? ART is back. Uh, hashtag PMS ART is back. And say something nice to that elf uh, that is now the centerpiece of the Cleveland Brown Stadium. Or say something nice to somebody else. Make sure you put your cash tag in there and screenshot right now. All right. Say something nice to somebody. Maybe the elf. Took yeah. quite a beating today from Gnome Lover, uh, Boston Connor. They should have named Put your cash tag in there. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been sick. Mark the Elf. The Elf's name is M-A-R-K. We hate seeing him every day. We put him on the field in some brown paint and we're going to lose. Every fucking game because Mark the Elf is here to stay. And <laughs> what was that hashtag again? Hashtag PMS ART ISBACK. ART Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, PMS Pat McAfee Show. We apologize to other people. I, I'm sorry that's my name. You know, I'm sorry the name of the show is oh. PMS. So. What are, you, what are you going to do? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, come on. Yell at Sally and Tim. Sorry that menstrual art is back. 
big these days. No, see, that's we can't do that. We really can't do that. No, we do not. We that's the problem, right there. That's the problem. Yeah. This that's show. The problem. That is the problem. We're not mocking anything. It just so happens to be the name of the show. We apologize that for a long time, for you know, I guess half of the people in the world, not great. Right. Yeah. If it means anything, the show also not great. But it does happen to have the same hashtag. PMSART is back. Say something yeah. nice to somebody. Put your cash tag in there. Utilize the screenshot from before. You could potentially be one of. 20 winners of $500. And uh, big thanks to everybody for joining us. You're the best. Say something nice to somebody. Goodbye.